Hello, hello, and welcome to the Dad Lab Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Matt. And I'm Andrew. On today's episode, we've got stories in the news desk about butt smuggling gold in India, murder for incest, and trap music for children. In our Mount Rushmore segment, we're going to discuss our favorite fast food chains, and we're back with another Pick Your Poison segment. Uh, finally getting back to some uh, listener feedback uh, that we got in, so we're catching up on that, and then we will share our Cowboys misery with you once again on this episode of the Dad Lab Podcast. And if you haven't done it yet, please rate and review us on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. It would really help us out, and we'd really appreciate it. Uh, you can also follow us on social media at the Dad Lab Pod on Instagram and Twitter, or if you have any, any questions or concerns about the podcast you can email us at the dad lab pod at gmail.com so what's up man just had a great weekend i love halloween weekend like leads right into my birthday so we went to my sister's for halloween on a cul-de-sac it was good it was good to be with you know my, my niece and nephew it wasn't cool with the seven other kids and parents that tagged along you know like 20 parents and seven kids that math didn't work but you know what i mean it's just like strangers <laughs> and they're like i thought it was just gonna be like more personal like us going together yeah and then there's like a caravan of us just walking up and down these streets and i just got like instant like buzz because you know we're both such introverts and i was like i wanted it to be more intimate with the family right and it's just like strangers you know like walking up and down streets together so i was just hanging back with claire and my mom but elizabeth got a ton of candy she was adorable she was like a little fairy princess i guess it was really like last minute put together outfit she was supposed to be poppy and then she was elsa and then the last second she just wore like tights a little shirt and had like some fairy wings she was just like freestyling it yeah and like a um a wand you know it was like whatever you want to be honey you're adorable just you go with it like i'm not buying you another costume so it was kind of like a made at home costume but that was good and then sunday you came over we watched the game we shared in our misery we ordered a pizza had some queso was gonna record them, but I was so tired. I was yawning. We realized like after our stomachs were full, and it, we looked down, and it was like ten thirty. We're like, oh yeah, we're thirty plus years old. We don't have mm-hmm. another three hours. I was, in us. I was tapping out, and I think you saw it, and yeah. you kind of called it like, would you want to postpone a little bit? I was like, I would love to. I was so sleepy after that after that snooze fest of a game, but um, and then Tuesday, my actual birthday, we went to a fossil room that and that wildlife. Uh, yeah sanctuary whatever yeah, you yeah. know i think they got the all those animals you know zebras and giraffes emus which are fucking wild cards they're so scary and just crazy it's like they could just like take your whole head off mm-hmm. and my mother-in-law was like teasing one like because they give you a little cup of food mm-hmm. and she was going left right left right Mm-mm. that thing just snapped at her and bit her hand and she was like okay let's go let's go that's let's what go. you get i got a picture of that exact moment of sheer terror on her face <laughs> so Got Jersey Mike's on the way there and the way back. So I had I had Jersey Mike's three times in two days, which that's is a, like my wife got me a gift card to Jersey Mike's. It's like day. all I wanted. It's a good so, day. So yeah, I had Jersey Mike's and you know, my birthday's on National Sandwich Day and I guess it's also on the election, but more importantly it was National Sandwich Day. So we just celebrated there you the go. right way. There you go. I had some Jersey Mike's tonight. I was late <laughs> tonight, and my peace offering was to bring you a sandwich. Yeah, so all good. you can have some lunch tomorrow. Yeah, I'm definitely taking that to work tomorrow. Absolutely. Oh, good, man. Yeah, Halloween, we came uh, a street over from you. So the street, you know, right, right over from you. It's a jungle. Hit six houses. We were done. It was perfect. Like, I had In Landry and... 
uh, one of Lauren's coworkers and her daughter, because uh, Lauren was working that night. So it was me and um, her friend Kelsey and her daughter, and then um, me and Landry, and it was perfect. Like six houses. She was like, "Hey, it's too crowded." I was like, "Hey, they're good. They got plenty of candy." We went over to their pops, and we got uh, we got they did their trick or treat there, so they got plenty of candy. We were home by 7.20, had a pizza ordered by 7.30. It was there by 8, and we were watching a movie and eating pizza. Yep, so that, it was that's a, what I do it was a, Yeah, it was a good night. And then, yeah, just been, you know, working and hanging out, and I've developed an addiction uh, since the last recording. I, a few episodes back, we talked about sports cars, and I, how I told you I thought I lost them. Well, I ended up finding my old my old binder of sports cards uh, when I was cleaning out my dad's garage. And it's so funny because I had, it was in an old school notebook. It was like a math for a math class. Yeah. That's and how my, you did it back then. My cards were in the front and then all my work was in the back. So you see where my priorities, <laughs> my priorities were back then. But uh, that kind of just sparked it. And then I started getting on eBay and I bought a couple cards there. And then Lauren was like, hey, you know, we have a card shop here in town. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. So I went into uh, our local card shop here, Worth Collecting. Um, if you guys are in the Waxahachie area or even in the DFW area, come down to Waxahachie and go to Worth Collecting. Um, they've got – go see Paul over there. Um, Tim and his dad, they run it. It's family-owned. Um they have a great selection. They've got Pokemon cards, Yu-Gi-Oh, everything, football, baseball, basketball, hockey, um, jerseys, other memorabilia. It's just a great, great little spot. Um, so, yeah, I've been getting back into collecting a little bit, and I've got a problem. Yep. Like I, I mean, I told you, I showed you mine that I have and all recently, and I just ordered more. I got, like, mystery packs. I don't even know what I'm getting. Claire thinks I'm crazy because I'm like, it's $30, and I don't even know what's going to be in it. Could be all duds. Yeah. Could be a, a you know rated rookie or graded rookie of Luca or Zion. You never know. But thirty bucks, we'll see what happens. And Paul over there, he was really cool because I kind of told him my story. Like, hey, you know, I collected when I was younger. Just help. Like, what's going on? Like, what's the best way to buy? And he he broke it down. Like, he basically told me like the market's like super crazy right now. Mm-hmm. I guess since COVID, you know, people are at home. Um, you know, he kind of broke down like what a hobby box is versus like a retail box that you'd find at like uh, Target or Walmart or something versus like blaster boxes and all this. So I'm kind of learning everything, but I mean, you can buy singles, you can get some good deals on singles, but if you want to buy like the hobby boxes, I mean, especially now they're going anywhere from like 200 to like 700, 800 bucks, you know, and, and in that, yeah, you're guaranteed to get, you know, some auto, you know, some autographs and then, you know, some yeah. like, uh, I forget what they're called, like some Jersey, you know, like stuff, Jersey cards. You just, cards. Don't, know you just don't know who it is. And yeah. then, you know, what a lot of guys do is they get a couple cards within that and then they sell it and that kind of offsets the cost. Yeah. But it's from, like scratch offs. You yeah. win your money back, so you buy another ticket. Yeah. So, uh, but no, Man, it's been such degenerates. Dude, We're comparing it, all this to gambling. It and really like, kind of is. Cause <laughs> like, yeah, it is. Cause you don't know what you're going to get or what it's going to be worth. What? I told Claire, I, I just need to look them up. Like I could sell a few of these right now and you know easily yeah. get my money back well what's cool about this this local card shop here is he does on facebook he has a facebook group where he does it's called 24 7 auction so on fridays he'll put up a whole lot of cards and it he calls it a desk clearing sale and it could be 
it could be it's all sports baseball basketball football and it could be he's got everything from rookie cards to like base cards down to like autographs and 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 you know and jersey jersey cards and just all everything, different kinds of stuff every sport and then you just in the comments you you're bidding on it and they end Thursday at 8 well I, dude i went nuts i didn't think i'd win everything i and my wife doesn't listen, so I won $77 worth of cards. So I had to go today and pick it up, and I had to pay it on a credit card <laughs> so the wife wouldn't find out. But I ended up getting some pretty cool stuff. Uh, but, yeah. so It's an investment. That's how you can explain it to her. That, and I, it's a long-term investment. I don't know, I, and I like it. It's given, it's given me mm-hmm. something to do, and it's kind of taken me back to back to my childhood. Yeah, it's something I've literally been into for over 20 years. Yeah, me too. I mean, I got out of it, obviously, but now I'm, I'm kind of getting back into it. hook us up. You know, see, I want to reach out to him, but I don't want to be that guy. Like, hey, well, what's up, guy? Like, I mean, he hooked me up. Like when I won our basketball league two times, every time he would send me like a card of each player I had. And it oh, wouldn't be like cool. a basic card. It'd be like, here's a jersey. Here's a rookie. It's like, God damn, dude, he hooked it up. Well, he sent me. And he knows like my, sorry, but he knows like, you know, if your favorite Cowboys, he'll hook it up on that. Yeah, because he, he knows, you know, I'm into soccer. So mm-hmm. he sent me a while back. He sent me like a. I don't know what to call it, but it was like a little pack, a uh, little like wooden case, and it had a Leo Messi jersey in there. It had a bunch of autos in there. Um, I think I was there at your house when he gave that to you. Yeah, you might have been. Because I remember it was like a sweet set, and that's when the night he gave me a bunch, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He it just was, came with all these gifts for cards, that night, and I got w- prints of like players. Like I got Rick Carlisle signature. Yeah, and yeah. All these random uh, Mavericks. He gave me a Tim Howard. Um, like flawless, uh, that was like the name of the set of the series. It was like numbered to fifteen. Damn. He gave me a Tim Howard in like a magnetic case. So, but yeah, I don't want to be that guy. And be like, hey, you know, what's up, guy? You send some cards my, way? you know. But Alex, if you listen, I'm back into cards. Yeah, hey, so. Alex, if you're listening, send some cards my way. Yeah, I'll our be way, guy. our <laughs> way. No, but it's been cool. Uh, so with that, uh, I want to get to some listener feedback cause I finally have some, I had some that I forgot about that I needed to catch up on. Uh, so our first bit of, uh, listener feedback comes from, uh, Brady Sap. It's at Sap Nasty on Twitter. <laughs> and this is in regards to, uh, our, my banana runt discussion. Debate. Terrible, terrible. Tip. I well, took a, a debate. It I took a big L on that one. decision. I took a huge L on that one. But he says, "Hey guys, just came on here to say that banana runts are absolute trash. I'll eat black licorice dipped in mustard before I eat banana runts." <laughs> I think that's a little harsh, but hey, we're all entitled to our opinion. Uh, Brady, I appreciate you uh, listening and, and sending in the feedback. Uh, our next bit is uh, from Paul. Um, super fan Paul. He wrote an email. He said, "Just a general thank you for making the podcast. I've been enjoying the hell out of it. And your reminder to acknowledge the good things you have at the end of episode nine really put me in a better place. So thank you for that as well. I appreciate that too. Yeah, no, we appreciate it. This is I love getting feedback, and and I wrote Paul, and we kind of exchanged some emails back and forth. But that was I didn't really know where I was going with it at when I kind of mouth vomited that out at the end of that episode, but." That's exactly what I was hoping for. Is like if I could just like help or reach one person with that message, like that's why I. That was my whole goal. So yeah, I'm glad that he reached out and kind of and kind of and let me know because uh, that's really what I was going for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you, Paul, for that. Um, and our last bit 
uh, Super Fan Troy, and this was back uh, back a month ago. But when we were talking about Claire and her Miracle Whip tacos, which I'll I yep. save this for last because yep. I've got I've got an update on that. But Troy says, "Hey guys, all I wanted to say is if you put Miracle Whip on tacos, then you're a monster. Fries with mayo is great and commonplace in Europe." Also, mayo with mashed potatoes on hot dogs is a popular meal in Sweden. Enjoying the podcast, Troy. I think Troy just wanted to make that comment to brag on us, all the cool places he's been. How it's acceptable in all these European places. and first Just of take all, a dunk on me for living in my small Texas town. First of all, fries <laughs> with mayonnaise, you know where I stand on that. Like People who did that are in Al-Qaeda now. Like They <laughs> turned Al-Qaeda at some point. And then mayo and mashed potatoes on hot dogs... I'm sorry, dude. Like, <laughs> He's, no. He sent me a link to that, and it was like it was like the recipe called for like two pounds of sausage, and it was like a family meal. It was you wrapped it up, and it was like the size of like Herschel Walker's thigh, and it was a wrapped up thing, and people were just like eating it, walking around with it. So what the hell, yeah. I mean, it was a European thing, but you know, we're Americans. We're disgusting too. We yeah. can't we can't really hate as a society on someone else. I don't know, man. I, uh... No. But you you tried the the miracle. Whip. I did. Yes. Uh, sorry. Thank you for bringing me back. I did try the miracle whip on the tacos. It's and not bad. It's not I, that I bad. I see the appeal. Thank you. Now that condiment probably won't make it on the table for taco night, but I see the appeal. But if you were desperate and you're out of sour cream, fuck it. Sure. Take a dollop. Sure. What I'll never do is say I'm so hungry. Where are the banana runs? Those words will never come out of my mouth. So I win the <laughs> argument. I, and I can't even come back because you're right. I took a big ass L on that. Big ass L. And I'll take it. But in my opinion, banana runs are the best flavor. And that's your opinion. It's just wrong. And now and laters. Banana now and laters are good. But apparently I'm a gutter person. I'll take it. Uh, so with that, let's move on to the news desk. And... Let's see, I've got the first story, and the headline reads, Airport staff notices man walking strangely, then finds over two pounds of gold in his rectum. And this comes from Lad... Can't make that up. Nope. (laughs) This comes from Lad Bible. Uh, The man was reportedly reportedly trying to avoid paying an 18% tax on gold. Uh, and it reads, while having a weird walk isn't illegal and transporting gold from Dubai to India without paying the 18% tax certainly is. Unfortunately for one airline passenger, the staff noticed his odd walk at Indian's Kanur International Airport on Tuesday and found two pounds of gold in his butt. According to Lad Babel, the Indian man had just arrived from Dubai on Go Air Flight G8 4013 with a hefty tax awaiting him in Kanur. It appeared as though he had taken desperate measures to avoid paying his due. According to the New York Post, they discovered 972 grams of flattened pieces of gold worth an estimated total of $60,000 in his rectum. Another passenger on the same flight was caught with nearly twice as much, though it's unclear whether they went went through similar methods of concealment. Now, I will post the pictures on our Instagram, and if you see them... pictures? There's of the gold that they extracted. Of the brown gold. No, they've cleaned. They've cleaned it. It's like three long, and from the picture, they look to be about a good eight to ten inches. Well, that's why he's walking straight. He's like propped up. Like, could you imagine sitting yeah, with that? Yeah, perfect posture. You can't even bend. Like it's up into your like. God, he put three of them up there. Three of them, and then like a smaller. He had to practice, one, and then you like a he, smaller one. You know, he was lubing up, Dude. And getting ready. Like he's like, fuck that tax. He's I'm taking about a, to loosen these butt cheeks. Like, open. how much money would you have to save to like put that much gold in your ass? I would have to be paid gold 
to put gold in my ass. I would have to have. Like, wouldn't you just take the tax? Like, I'm, I'm really thinking of a dollar amount. Like, how like, much would it? I stick so, that up my ass? So, for? what is it? Eighteen percent on sixty grand. So ten uh, percent oh, is like six grand. So, so what? Close to double it. Yeah, so, so it's like twelve grand. Or, you know, a little less. I mean, that's a decent used car. I think I would. I think I might do it for for that amount. You're sticking it up your butt. You could buy a boat for that amount, man. That's like I'd a, stick gold in my butt for a go, for a boat. For a you just stick it right in the prison purse, huh? Yeah. For okay. a pontoon boat, if I knew, if I knew, as soon as I walk through, I can I can release these cheeks, and a pontoon boat's waiting for me. <laughs> I'll do it. I don't know. I'll give man. it a shot. Depending on, but what's the flip side? What's what's the jail time looking like? Like, is it like a humiliating story and a pro- fine, or is am I am I going to face like hard time because my butt is loosey goosey going into jail? Well, it doesn't say anything about what he's going to get as far as time. Uh, you should just be let free. Like, dude, that was a lot of work and a lot of effort. Pay the tax and go on your way. So the story continues. Only a few months ago, customs official in Kerala seized 66 pounds of gold worth a staggering 1.9 million. Hidden in cylindrical locks, uh, authorities realized how sophisticated and expansive this type of smuggling had become and launched a major major investigation. Um, So, yeah, India has got a huge problem with people putting gold in their butt. Um, so that brings us to our next one, which is, God, it's so interesting. Was that me? That's on, is yeah, mine that's yours. Yep. Mine is a West Virginia woman just pleaded guilty to killing her boyfriend so she could marry her father. Uh, a bizarre murder that took place in West Virginia in February 2019 has come to a conclusion, at least for now. According to local news outlets, the Bluefield Daily Telegram, Amanda Michelle Naylor McClure which immediately red flags four names, that's way too many, <laughs> pled guilty to second-degree murder for killing her boyfriend, 38-year-old John Thomas McGuire, with the help of her father and sister. McGuire's remains, which had been which had been dug up, dismembered, and reburied by the culprits, were uncovered months later in a grave at a Skygusky residence in McDonald, McDowell County, where the family has been staying. McClure's, McClure's sentencing took place in a virtual hearing via Skype, which was presided by Judge Ed Cornish. During the emotional hearing, McClure pleaded for the court and McGuire's family to forgive her. Uh, she also painted herself as a victim of her biological father's abuse. Uh, I've hurt my own family. McClure is my biological daughter, is the biological daughter of Larry McClure, 55, who she later married when they murdered her boyfriend together. She was raised by adoptive parents, Alan and Gwen Holm, who were also present during the virtual sentencing. According to court records, Larry developed an incestual relationship with his daughter, Gross McClure. Uh, he had been estranged for, with McClure and her sister, Anna, who were all living in separate states. McClure was living together with McGuire in Indiana at the time. Then, Larry decided to drive down to pick up his daughters at their home. When he came to pick up McClure, according to court records, both of the daughters and the victim, McGuire, were dope-sick. The group traveled back to Skygusky, where Larry was staying after his release from prison on sex offense charges. Jesus. After ten days, the family hatched a plan to kill McGuire. McClure testified that the victim was killed... Because he was with me, and my dad didn't want anyone else near me. <laughs> during their own during their own sentencing hearing, Larry testified that McGuire 
uh, had bought a bottle of wine for Valentine's Day, possibly meant to be shared with McClure. McGuire was then struck in the head with the wine bottle, tied up and injected with liquid methamphetamine done by Larry and his daughters. The victim was then tortured for two or three days of hell, Larry admitted. By Saturday, the family of killers had buried McGuire's body in a two-foot grave behind the house. They dug up his remains after six days, dismembered his body, and reburied him. Then, three weeks later, Larry and McClure traveled to neighboring Tazewell County in Virginia and got married. I don't think... I don't think you're taking full responsibility for killing John McGuire. You're blaming it on your father, Judge Cornish said in response to McClure's claims that she was under the influence of her father. McClure was sentenced to 40 years in prison in October of 2020. Larry was sentenced to life without mercy uh, for his crime earlier in August. Meanwhile, McClure's 32-year-old sister, Anna Marie, is also facing first-degree murder charges in connection with McGuire's death. You can't unring the bell. Karen Smith is not going to get her son back, the judge said before his final words to McClure. The time you will serve is not adequate amount of time for the pain you have caused. And then I just wrote, if R. Kelly has taught us anything, it's that age ain't nothing but a number. And if the South has taught me anything, it's that blood is thicker than water. <laughs> and then question, what's life without mercy? Does that just mean like he's going to be like in the... Like I don't his, know. His permanent residence is in like the showers. I mean, that just had that had everything that had meth, incest, torture, murder. That, that, is that everything you look for? A good yeah, story. Good, that's, <laughs> that all checks the all the marks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't see what the problem is. She just wanted a a, a daddy husband. You don't see that's, any problem with that? No, no. If it makes you happy, you know what? In, in, in these times, just go for it, sister. <laughs> I can't believe you're, you're siding with the incestual murderer. I'm obviously joking. <laughs> I think you're just backpedaling now. Like, eh, I'm just joking, guys. I, I don't want to trip backpedaling too fast. No, that was that was that insane. checked all the boxes. It did. That was and, and well, just reading the headline. So they dug a two foot grave and they're like, you know what? I don't think that's gonna work. Let's let's redig them up and dismember them and cut them up and then we'll rebury them. Jesus, all yeah, right. That's incestual murderers for you. So. My last little story, it's not really a story, but it's, uh, it's, uh, I don't know, maybe a PSA or a little, did you know, but did you know that, uh, there's trap music for children now? I knew that because you told me yeah, well, before you did, we recorded, but before then I had Well, no you idea. didn't have to say it like that. You didn't have to <laughs> well, do me like that. Well, before you informed me, I had no idea. Okay. So there is trap music for children. So Lauren tagged me in this the other night. She's like, hey, you should talk about this on the podcast, which was cool because she never does anything like that because she doesn't really care about my endeavors. Hey, my life either. Um, but I was like, I clicked on it, and it's actually pretty cool. The guy's name is Blake Rules, <laughs> and uh, he does trap music for kids. He's, he's, his album artwork says wholesome rap music for kids. So if you're a fan of rap music or hip-hop, and you've got kids and you're afraid to listen to it because of the content and the language and, and all that. Uh, I've found your solution. So uh, he's got it. He's got 14 albums of kids. It says, I, and I'm, I'm pulling from Kids Trap 7. And that, that's, that's your favorite? It's Kids Trap 7. So far, so far, it's got some <laughs> bangers on there. So just a few song titles The Birthday Party Song, The Seatbelt Song, I Love Kittens, Tie Your Shoes. So it's all like good stuff, you know, like wholesome, yeah. like just like he says, wholesome stuff that your kids, you know, uh, 
would would need to know. So I'm gonna play the I'm gonna play just a couple snippets from it and 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 y'all give us some feedback and tell will you be bumping Kids Trap Seven with your kids? Confetti, confetti, I'm ready, I'm ready. We got some snacks on your mama's spaghetti. When I'm walking in, it's raining confetti. It's my birthday and I'm ready to party. I'm ready to party. It's my birthday party. It's my birthday party. Uh. Confetti, confetti, I'm ready, I'm ready. We got some snacks on your mama's spaghetti. When I walk in, then it's raining confetti. It's my birthday and I'm ready to party. So that that's the birthday song. That's actually pretty good. It's pretty good. And then I, I'd roll down the windows in my caravan for that. There you go. And then this one is tie your shoes. Blake rules, another friends, kids trap. You know what it is, man. I like those shoes. You know it'd be a lot cooler if you tied those laces. <laughs> uh, lace them up. Lace them up, 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 lace them up. See, I was going for a walk, just a little cruise, little walk around the neighborhood. So yeah, so that's Kids Trap, Kids Trap Seven. It's actually he, pretty good, yeah. It's not bad, and they've got he's got one about dinosaurs. He's about he's got one that says uh, titled "I Love My Mom." Uh, I'm a Dad's good listener. My hero. I, I didn't. I haven't looked through all seventeen, but I haven't seen much about Dad. But uh, but no, it's just it was pretty cool. It's safe rap, and it doesn't sound half bad. And you can no. listen to it in front yeah, of good the kids. For him, he's probably got that whole market cornered. Yeah, he's, and then, if he's the only one doing it right now, he does have an actual like uh, another. I guess another like pseudonym or whatever you want to say. Uh, where he does that actual, yeah, or he does like <laughs> adult trap music. But no, I thought it was pretty cool. So. If you guys, if you dads out there want want some safe uh, rap or trap music to listen to, there you go. I found that. Um, and with that, that'll take us to our Mount Rushmore segment. And like I mentioned in the intro, we are going to be going over our favorite fast food uh, restaurants, our favorite fast food chains, I should say. Um, and full disclosure, I excluded all sandwich shops because we're going to do one separate on that and to me that's a separate kind of genre that's well, a separate... i included one sandwich shop that's fine I, it'll make both lists that's fine uh so do you want me to go you want me to go and you go yeah we can rotate rotate i'll go first i'm the first one's an easy one for me whataburger yep it's always been there for you drunk at 2 a.m or you know whenever you need it it's there classics like taquitos can't go wrong with the double cheeseburger. You got the A one thick and hearty. You got the yeah, chicken all those strip. All time favorites. Yeah, the the Almost barbecue chicken strip sandwich or whatever honey barbecue, honey barbecue or the honey butter chicken biscuit. Yeah, it's good. Uh, but it's just it's a Texas staple. I know they got bought out by a Chicago firm, but it it had had to make my list. Yeah, Whataburger is also number one on my list. I was gonna say lots of times these aren't ranked, but if I rank this, Whataburger would be number one. And with mine, I just kind of put, as a side note, is what I usually get there. So I usually get the number two. I add mustard and mayo, cheese, bacon, jalapenos. I'm bougie. I'll get all that on there. It's yep, like that, that's good so burger. far. Um, and then with breakfast, I go with the bacon, egg, and cheese, potato, taquito. That's why you're saying either time of the day, day or night, they got you They've covered. Got, yeah, they got so you. So I have favorites on 
whether the sun's <laughs> up or down, I, I know I'm And I really hope they bring back, they just took away, I don't know if you had it, but the breakfast burger. They, it, they took it away? They yeah, solid. Yeah, they had the cheeseburger patty, the bacon, but, uh, hash, browns. hash browns, and the fried egg and with the creamy Some pepper sauce. Creamy pepper, yeah. Yeah, I went solid. I went a couple weeks ago and um yeah, they were like we don't care anymore. So what they that's need a to huge take bummer. away is that Pico de Gallo burger cuz that was pretty mm, Yeah, they not missed on good. that one. That was the only thing I've had in a long time from Whataburger where I was disappointed. They have the new spicy chicken sandwich out yeah, now. We tried that. Is it good? It was good. I want to try it. Well, I, I split it. it with Claire so she likes it dry. I probably would have gotten everything on it. So we just had like cheese and and but it was it was it was it was a very good um spicy chicken sandwich. Like good. they should okay. they should make cool. that a staple. Cool, cool. Um, my next one, uh, and I have a love hate relationship with it, but it's Chick Fil A. You hate hate that they're closed on Sundays. That and there for a while, Landry wore it out, so it kind of lost a lot with me. But again, it's got everything you want, and I just kind of discovered their breakfast because here for the last breakfast is solid, dude. It's it's really good, so good. Yeah. Um, I've been taking Landry to school. Uh. On a regular basis, like the last couple of months, just because the way uh, mine and Lauren's schedules have been working, and so I'll just swing through. Uh, and I got their chicken burrito the other day. Their biscuits are good, chicken biscuits or sausage biscuits. Their chicken minis are good. Uh, it's just it's all good. They have a good soup too. I don't the, know if is it the chicken soup. tortilla? And they have like a chicken noodle, and I want to say like a broccoli and cheese. I know, I've split it with, with a few with Claire before, and their soups actually. And really then even too. even like their lunch and dinner side, like their their salads are really good. They're really fresh. Yeah, of course, you've got the chicken sandwich. You've got the spicy chicken sandwich. The nugs are good. Yeah. The strips are good. Even if you're like trying to, I ate there a lot when I was on a diet because um, you can eat relatively healthy there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get the grilled nuggets. Um, they got the fruit cups or like the super like the kale like the superfood as the side. So. Chick-fil-A is just all around, just a safe bet. The sweet tea is good. And, and the lemonade, fries. the waffle fries. Un- underrated are good. waffle fries. Now, and they got all the dipping sauces too. I like I like yeah. my variety of dipping sauce. I'll so get like one of everything. I get I'm a Polynesian guy. If I get mm-hmm. nuggets, I like Polynesian. I love Polynesian. Polynesian Chick-fil-A sauce are like my go-to there. Yeah. Can't go wrong. Um what was your number two? Number two, Jersey Mike's. Jer- which we will it'll be on the list later, but um so like I said, I had it a few times this week. I got I usually get the Italian sub, Mike's yeah. way. So it's mm-hmm. all the veggies and all the oils. Um, I've tried their big Kahuna, which was like That's their the cheesesteak cheese mm-hmm. with like extra onions and extra uh, mushrooms and all that. It was decent. Um, it wasn't my favorite, and I out of the three because the third one I usually get is their tuna. Really like their tuna as well. So. Big Kahuna was good just to try it once. The meat was really fresh because, you know, as soon as you order it, they start making it. He threw it on the grill yeah. right then and started slicing it all up. So I actually had to wait just a minute for it. But um, can't go wrong with their Italian sub. Can't go wrong with tuna. And I've just been craving tuna so much lately. It's weird. It's like I'm pregnant. Like, for some reason, tuna just sounded amazing. And I don't want to go to Subway. I was like, if I'm going to get a sandwich, I'd rather drive 10 miles out of my way to go to Jersey Mike's and luckily we went that direction two days in a row and I got Jersey Mike's both times on the way out. So Lauren, she, uh, she brought home a, uh, a subway sub and dude, that thing was so pathetic. Yeah. Once you like, it's it like, had five or like four little, I mean, you can, y'all can't see my finger, but just the meat, thin. the meat on it was like stacked that high. I'm like, what are you eating? It's all mm-hmm. bread and veggie. Yeah. Once you go Jersey Mike's, you don't go back. I can still get down on like, well, I don't want to go too far into our list because we'll do a sandwich list later, but 
Subway most likely won't make my list. Subway only only if I run out of options would I go to Subway. And I might not even get a sandwich. I may get like a bowl or something. Yeah, or a salad. Um, my third is Chipotle. Damn, it's my third. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, Chipotle. It's solid. Uh, I get I get the burrito bowls. And yeah. I just customize it however I, I want. I used to get the burrito, and then you realize it falls apart, and you eat it with the fork. Anyway. Just get the fucking bowl. Yeah. Yeah. So I get eat the like burrito bowl. It's all fresh. They they do a good job of cooking it throughout the day. Um, everything's fresh. It's a little pricey. Chips are still 60% of the time. Um, <laughs> but it's good. It's fresh. Uh, again, if you're on a diet, you can eat somewhat healthy there. Yeah. Um, I like it. Um, so Chipotle was yours. Chipotle was mine. I was gonna say, I remember when we got that, I was so excited to get it here in town. Cause before I think you'd have drive to like Cedar Hill, Cedar Hill to get it. Yeah. That's when I first, like first started getting it. Um, I was just blown away. Thought it was the best, but I get brown beans, brown rice. I like the barbacoa. That's the meat I get. Um, I get the pico salsa, corn, sour cream, and cheese. I got the guac once. Terrible fucking mistake. It's the saltiest thing I've ever had in my life. It ruined the whole bowl. So I don't that, know if I just that's had a bad on them. That's yeah. on them. Yeah, because yeah, I remember like it was a situation where I had just I, don't know, I bought like groceries for 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 the family. You know, like all of it. And I spent like hundred bucks, and then Claire's like, "Well, I'll buy his, I'll buy his lunch." She's like, "Yeah, you will." And I'm getting fucking guacamole <laughs> on my bowl. Like I, I like, know it's extra. Yeah, I know it's two dollars more, but I'm getting it. It was so fucking salty I couldn't even finish it, but. Uh, uh, that was like a one-time thing, you know. They they just overcharge for shit like that. For queso, they give you like a scoop and for yeah, like three dollars. It's tiny, <laughs> so just get the free toppings. Well, it's a blessing and a curse that they kind of do their seasoning and cooking there on site because uh, we got me and Lauren. Uh, we weren't like terribly hungry. We just we were like, hey, let's just split a bowl, and that was like perfect for you know when we were eating and how hungry we were. And, uh, we got a chicken bowl like a couple weeks before when we went there. And so we got a chicken, our bowl with chicken in it this time. And I guess they seasoned it with something like too spicy and it lit both of us on fire. Like it was just like, we were doing all we could do just to get, get through the bowl. And then like two o'clock in the morning, I'm waking up like breathing fire, like just eating Tums, but uh, usually Chipotle is pretty solid. Yeah, because so. it's it's more it's consistent. Those were like two anomalies we got. Yeah, that's why I was like I'll obviously go back, and it obviously still made my list. I'm not blaming them. It was just right. one bad experience. Do you want to uh, do your fourth, and then I'll do mine. My fourth, and I'm not in, totally proud of it, but it's consistently I think where we go the most, and it's Sonic because like Claire just loves like the fountain Dr Pepper drinks. So do I. Yeah. And, the, and to her, and I get it. Cups are very important. You know, you don't want the the cups that that um, what's it called that drip on your that condensate. Yeah, the, the plastic like ones. the plastic ones yeah. that just drip all over you. Gotta you want get a the good foam. foam one. Yeah, like it makes sense. So she's happy hour, or I think it's like two to two four, to f- or yep. like before eleven. Yeah, she'll get a drink all the time. Um, breakfast all day. I like the um, sausage croissant. It fucking slaps. If I go, if I go breakfast at Sonic, I go French uh, toast sticks. I had those They're for the first time. Good, My man. God, I got them for Claire, and I was like, "This is the most American." Especially, thing. especially if you can get them like, and you can eat them like before you leave, and they're hot, and the syrup is syrup. hot. Yeah, we got, we seriously got that for the first time this it's, past week. It's really they good, but delicious. no, I love Sonic. It didn't make my list. Um, it, and also, it's not like one of my have. favorites. But yeah, it's consistently like if you need a snack, go get a fucking corn dog hey, and a sprite, cheese tots. Yeah, and then the cheddar pepperoni. That's what I'm saying. Like it's not it's not a glamorous pick, but I, when I was thinking about, it, I was like, I probably go there more than any other place because I can get, I get limeades, I get Sprite with grape, I, get, I mix it yeah, up, yeah. you know. They got great slushes. Yeah, and like during summer, it's like half ocean off, waters, half off of um 
what am I trying to think of? Like shakes yeah. after a certain point. So realistically, like I think we go there more often. So it's it'd be hard not to. And they have decent burgers too. Dude, I when I go, my, my meal is uh, number two, which is a double yep. with cheese, mayo, no tomato, with cheese tots on the side, and then a Route 44 Dr. Pepper. That's it. Very and American. It's very good. Yep. It's no frills. It's just, and it, it's kind of similar to one I get in my honorable mention. Um, but my fourth is Cane's. Raising canes. Yeah, that that'd be my chicken spot. I love canes too. The sauce. Ellie, um, Ellie's ex- obsessed with the sauce. Let me just say that. So that's why we go there so much. Yeah, it's really good. Um, when I first found that place, I was living up in Denton, uh, probably a decade ago, and I was super bummed that they didn't have ranch. And I'm like, what am I gonna do with these chicken tenders? <laughs> or man? gravy? Or gravy? That's what my dad hates it. He's like, what kind of chicken place doesn't come with gravy? And then they they bring it to me and it's got the sauce. I'm like, what the hell is this? And I <laughs> one taste. And it was like, I was hooked. Yep. So now, like, I'll save a tender. Like, I'll get the box combo, which I think is like six. So I'll take a tender, put it on the bread, put some sauce on the bread, and then eat like a little tendy sandwich with the bread. That bread's good. And then I have five more tenders, (laughs) you know, to munch on. The fries are good. The only complaint, you got to eat it there because if you get it to go or if you have it delivered, like DoorDash or, or whatever, the fries get way soggy. Yeah, so because yeah, they don't vent the little pe- the box, so you've got to eat the fries there. Eat them on the way home, or eat them on the way home. Uh, same with the bread. The bread won't keep that little crispy kind of top to it. So throw it in the air fryer for like three minutes. Canes, Canes is and the sweet tea is amazing, and there's no frills to it. I mean, there's they do chicken fingers and that's all they do and they do it well. Yeah, their sandwich is literally just two or three chicken tenders on a bun. In, on a bun, yeah. yeah. They don't even have like a patty. It's no, just, no, it's on a bun. Yeah, you're right. Everything's tenders. And they've got a good lemonade and they they know what they do and they do it well and there's nothing wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, for real, it's like sticking to what you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got any honorable mentions? My first one was 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 Canes. Canes. For I get the maniac. I think that's like the three or four piece. Yeah. When I. Fuck the coleslaw, yeah, extra fries. I'm not I, a slaw man. I'll either go. It just depends. I'll either go extra fry. No, I'll, always no slaw. But I'll, <laughs> I'll either go extra fries or I'll get an extra piece of toast. Yeah, yeah. I, I then, think I'm usually the same way, but it's usually fries, and then I'll buy so I can two to three LA. extra sauces because oh, I'll it's I'll just it. mow through it. Absolutely. Yeah. No, Canes is clutch. Uh, my other because I only had two, so my other one's Taco Casa. Right here That's on mine. Dude, they load up their tacos. It's like 90% be, uh, like beef and how, ma- how many pounds of cheese do you think that restaurant, that just this location goes through in a year? 10,000? Oh, yeah, I'll say tons. 10,000 pounds? <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, I and I appreciate it. Because, and I, I was thinking about this because I was like, you know, I need a little Mexican spot. You know, I need a Mexican spot. I used to love Bueno, but I Bueno, bueno has but... gone down Dude, I went there a couple weeks ago, and they had the thinnest little strip of beef at the bottom. Yeah, it's bullshit. And I'm You'll like, never have that problem at Taco Casa. No. Because I was the same way. I loved Bueno when I worked in Lancaster. That's all we went to on break is like always getting Because you had that one right there on Pleasant Run. Yep. You just go right there. And they there. had like the bar where you could get like the, the fresh salsa bar. Stuff, salsa bar. So I love that, but Taco Casa just loads up. And like I get the taco salad. For some reason, like my dad makes fun of me. I feel like that's like a, a sissy yeah. thing to do because it has the word salad. I was like, it's giant. It's a giant fried taco with everything on it. And you just, <laughs> I just mix it up. Like there's, and you can eat makes, the bowl. Yeah, you just make fun of me because it has the word salad in it. It's like, this is the most unhealthy salad I could possibly eat. It's delicious. So Taco Casa is my second one. And it easily could have made the Mount Rushmore, but. So I've got I've got some wild cards here. 
Uh, I'll just start off with with this one, McDonald's, just because it's a childhood thing. Yeah, I'll say you go back a long ways. It, it's always been there for you. I uh, like McDonald's, but I never go there. You can you can get out for cheap. You know, a couple of McChickens, small, you know, medium fry, and a large drink. You can get out for like five bucks. So yeah, if you go dollar menu, you can dollar menu, and then you know you got classics like the Big Mac, you got fillet fish. It's just and the fries are the best in the game. Like yeah, they do have good salty fries. If you the key is is going. Um, when did I do this? A couple weeks back, I was me and Landry were leaving speech, and he gets out of speech at like ten thirty. So it's like right when they're transitioning over from breakfast, and I got some fries. Yeah, and dude, it they I'm like this is why they're number one. They were just so good. And um, the breakfast McGriddle. That's, yeah, I mean when they came the out McGriddle. with that, that just probably added like five pounds to me easy. The McGriddle is genius. Um, let's see, my next one is, and you can't get them in Texas. I have to get it when I'm out of town where they have them. But White Castle, White Castle is amazing. They've got these tiny little, great little burgers that with the onions cooked in them. Uh, they've got chicken rings. Um, it's just I don't know. It's good. You can't get them here in Texas. They, when we went to Vegas a couple years ago, the last time I had White Castle, but it's delicious. Um, and then probably the most obscure one is Burger Street. Now, I know you told me that you never even heard of Burger Street. Nope. But, again, it's like um, it's kind of like Whataburger and Sonic. It's like no frills, like nothing fancy, but it's just a good kind of old-fashioned burger. And they've got curly fries there. And I love a good curly fry. Yeah. Um, I went and got Arby's for my dad the other day, and I don't really do Arby's. Something about roast beef. About Hope Solo. Hope, yeah. Fast food, <laughs> roast beef, Hope Solo, Aubrey Plaza. I just, no. But their curly fries are so legit. Good, yeah. So I got me some curly fries. Absolutely. But no, Burger Street. There's one in Arlington. Um, there's one in Arlington uh, off Cooper and 20. Right there, kind of like across the highway from the mall. So maybe we'll have to take like a show show trip out there <laughs> and preview it. Or, you know, you could review it. But no, Burger Street's really good. Um, anything else? You got anything else you want to mention? Nope. Okay. So let's get into our Pick Your Poison segment. And this week's Pick Your Poison is, would you rather have all dogs try to attack you when they see you or... All birds try to attack you when they see you. I'm gonna let you. I, I, mine was pretty easy. I'd I'd rather be attacked by the dogs, and I would reason it with, well, they're like at ground level. I mean, I could carry like a bat or some dog spray. I mean, I'm already interfered with dogs on a daily basis sometimes. But birds would outnumber you like ten thousand to one, and they'd have the high ground. Well, have you ever seen like? Have you ever seen birds? Yeah, movie? it's terrifying. <laughs> but. Have you ever seen like a classic like Andre Agassi serve where he's hitting like 140? I would hit this some bitches out of the air and just yeah, spike them with a racket. Your arm would be so tired after like all the kamikaze birds coming your, at you. Your arms wouldn't be tired beating off a. <laughs> Hold up, pause. Hold up. <laughs> fending off a dog there with a bat. Fending off. Yeah, I'd have a taser in one hand and. Dog spray in the other. Look, you're screwed either way. Because there's some big-ass dogs. And yeah. Like, you got to think about hawks coming down mm-hmm. with, like, their talons. Exactly. Fucking I don't condors, know. like, six-foot <laughs> wingspan. Picking, <laughs> picking my ass up. The birds would be on my side, and they'd take all the little shithead dogs like mine away. 
and then I, I just know. have to fend against the big ones. I'm gonna go birds because I, I just feel You're like fighting off the birds. I, I'm fighting off birds. Oh, man. See, I think they got kamikaze bombers because I love dogs. I don't want to. I don't have to worry I do about too, dogs. I too, but if Cujo's coming at me, you don't think I'm gonna take a bat to him? Well, yeah. Fair enough. I'm taking birds because I just don't want to have to worry about dogs. Like I'm not that fast. I'm fat. Like <laughs> I can't run away. I don't know. You I just the, seems like birds. I think birds would be easier. I think you're picturing like crows and not like eagles, hawks, condors, vultures all. Coming well, and you. I think you're picturing Hank and not like Cujo. I, I am because you've got something living across the street from you that sounds like it. Fucking those guys train like attack dogs, so they're yelling German orders out all day. Well, Pretty I was terrifying. leaving the house on Sunday or uh, either yeah, coming Sunday. or going. And this thing didn't sound like a normal dog. It sounded like something from hell. It was a hellhound. Dude, it sounded, it was deep and it didn't sound like a normal, like big dog bark. So you have something. So that's like number one on, like number one on your list. If they start attacking, whatever that is over there, (laughs) it was like the dog from Sandlot mixed with, I don't know what. Cujo. Cujo. Yeah. It was, it sounded terrifying. So that's number one. I'll take the crows. And the sparrows. Well, I'll, I'll I'll take them from the sky, or I'll fight I'll fight the dogs off. You fight the birds off. We'll go back to back. Okay. Yeah. We'll have each other's back. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So you guys, let us know. Uh, let us know what your Mount Rushmore uh, fast food chains are, if you would, please. Uh, we'll we'll read them off next episode. And let us know. Would you want to fight off dogs for the rest of your life, or fight off some birds? Uh, and let us know on on Twitter. Write us an email. And uh, and we'll read it out next next episode. But that's going to take us to our Scream 2 movie watch and review. So if you remember, before the Halloween episode in episode 8, we reviewed the original Scream. And then we took a break and did a special Halloween episode where we reviewed Ernest Scared Stupid. So we decided to pick back up on uh, the Scream franchise with Scream 2. Don't know if we're going to do Scream 3 next week. Uh, I think we're going to go something for the Rock or something for Sean Connery. Yeah. Rest in peace. Um, I think we decided on the Rock. So this may be our last Scream um, review. But what did you think about the movie? It was a really good sequel. I I, I, I remember the opening scene. I remember. Uh, I remember when I first saw Timothy Oliphant's character, mm-hmm. that ring a bell. I was like, yeah, that crazy son of a bitch. Yeah, and this had another... It wasn't as star-studded as last time, but you had Omar Epps. You had Jada Pinkett. It wasn't Jada Pinkett Smith yet. Um, Timothy Oliphant. Um, Aunt Jackie, I forget her name, from Roseanne. I forget oh, her yeah, name. She's done a lot. Yeah, I can't think of her name, but it also had a Port... Portia Durazzi. Um, Portia Durazzi. And, um, and Sarah Michelle Geller. What was her name? I wrote it down. Rebecca Gayhart. You remember Rebecca her? Gayhart, remember what yeah. happened to her, though? Mm-mm. She killed a kid. She was like a rising star, man. She was going to be like big time because she was in that show Dead Like Me, which me and my mom loved. And in 2001, she hit a little boy, like a nine-year-old boy on the road. Oh, shit. While, while distracted on her cell phone, killed him. But, of course, she only got like community service and house arrest, but it basically... It, killed i don't mean to use that joke but it ended her acting career after that like tainted her well if that's all she got then yeah so i'm saying she got off easy but she was going to be like you know a big star and then yeah that name now but yeah and then, then it had timothy oliphant um jamie kennedy again jamie kennedy, and jerry of fucking connell like yeah. it was a 90s like he i put on he's like a brunette kindle yeah he's like a 90s like 
heartthrob. Like he was in oh, so popular in the nineties. Still is. You kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? In that um, final scene. What? But yeah, no, it was really good. Um, but Courtney, when I when I was watching that opening scene, did you do you remember the um, the the spoofs they made, like Scary Movie? Yeah. Dude. Do you remember that scene where he he he? It's like the Omar Epps scene where he puts yeah. his ear to the door and it's a glory hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dick pokes him in the face. Like that's all I can remember was like a dick coming out. Maybe instead of Scream Three, because like during uh, the first Scream and the second one. I was like, man, that is what made scary movies so funny. It was very relevant because it was, it was yeah, it was because everyone remembers the first two screams and they just basically just ripped it apart and parried it so well. So maybe we should do a scary movie review at some point. I don't know if that falls into our our rules that we set out for ourselves. I, I'm pretty sure it came out in the '90s. But and yeah, it, it, that's just another franchise that kind of fell off. So you'd only watch a few. But and I remember like in that same movie, not to always talk about the parody of made of it but she's like in the movie theater and talking out loud and yeah. oh no girl i'm yeah. watching shakespeare in love <laughs> <laughs> i remember you know the in scream one the opening scene where drew barrymore gets stabbed in like the chest in scary movie oh, like he pulls back like an implant yep <laughs> but no so the the opening scene was good they're at the rowdy fucking theater yeah like jesus I, so they're at the uh, preview of the movie called Stab, which is based off uh, Sidney Prescott's... Um, the Woodsboro Murders. The Woodsboro mur- Murders from Scream 1. Um, I wrote down, maybe it's a bad idea to hand out costumes at a theater. I said, obviously, this is pre-Aurora, uh, because they've handed out costumes that of Ghostface. And so everybody's... I mean, the, I wrote down the theater's pandemonium. Yeah. Is and then I was I asked you I said have you ever experienced or remembered a movie theater a movie or a theater that was this lit yeah stomp the yard really uh, yeah when I worked at theater any anything like that stomp the yard we had to that movie it broke our the Lancaster like record for box office scores on like Friday Saturday and Sunday people I mean it was like a good crowd but like people were like getting so fucking hyped up afterwards we literally had to ship the movie out and only had it for one week because of the crowds were like too rowdy when they'd get out they'd be like they'd just be dancing, stomping the yard stomping the yard <laughs> going out in the parking lot really like a big fucking block party turned out and so our general manager's like yeah we're gonna have to send that movie out even though it broke it sold out every showing friday saturday and sunday and on monday we got rid of it because it was so fucking rowdy okay yeah because i wrote that down because you so know like big mama's house tyler perry I mean, those are when I worked there. That's that's what would shut the theater down, and we would have to like make uh, we'd have to make lines and have like extra security because people would just come out and see this movie and have a good fucking time and get ready. I think we need to birth a new segment. It's like tales from the movie, tales from the theater or something. Tales and you, from the theater. You need to like because I know you had to seen some crazy shit. Oh, yeah, I worked your there time for like four there. years. So you need to come up with like a little snippet or story every week or something about something crazy you encountered or something you had to clean up or. <laughs> something because i know you've got some stories but we'll 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 workshop that um so but that's why i wrote that down because i know i knew you worked there so i knew Mm -hmm. you i was wondering if you'd ever experienced anything like that well not like a double murder of course (laughs) not like a a theater or a movie just causing that much kind of like chaos Yeah. yeah yeah i put on here i hate to be an usher at that theater because that's like the first job they give you when you're Hire at the movie theaters and usher so people don't give a shit about that job. Just cleaning it up. Yeah, this fucking rowdy movie. And then, like, everyone was so into the movie, they didn't notice that, like, she was really dying. They thought she was, like, part of it. Yeah. Until she she lets out, like, this death scream and, like, collapses. Yeah. So, it was kind of cool how all that went down. Like you said, you know, Omar Epps, he went up to get popcorn or something or go to the bathroom. 
the killer gets him in the bathroom, yeah, stabs him through the, the ear. Like in the ear, yeah. Yeah, Jesus. through the ear. Um, and then, you know, he replaces Omar Epps in the theater, in the seat with his girlfriend, with uh, Jada, Jada Pinkett. And he, he stabs her. She goes up on, in front of the screen and dies. And I was like, and I wrote down, what a weird way to die. So it's the, very like Julius Caesar. Mm-hmm. Yep, I got those vibes for sure. Uh, and then we get the opening credits, and then we get our first Nev Campbell sighting in her college dorm. And I wrote down, I'm not digging the new short hair. <laughs> I just wasn't digging it. I thought I like her better. It made her look more mature. Yeah, I think I, that's, I, I think that's why they were doing it. So I can respect um, that. And I, she gets a call. Um, <laughs> she's getting a lot of calls because the, it's opening weekend of the movie. I wrote down, I'm glad, glad to see she invested in some caller ID. Um, and then that's where she gets news of the killings in the theater and it's all kind of starting and Courtney Cox shows up and I said, she's still got her fastball Dude, with she movement. Was, she was looking at her absolute best Dude, cause I, after I watched scream two, like a few days later, I watched scream three and then four, I just binged them and she was in all of them and scream three, you'd have to look her up. She had the worst haircut, like the most simple Jack. <laughs> haircut a woman could ever get like and i don't know how she decided to make this movie the whole movie with that haircut unless it was just written into it but in scream 2 uh yeah she's looking good like really fine like p courtney cox probably yeah. might have been arquette at that time i don't know uh there, good, it was in the process David. it was in the process good of for adding the arquette uh and then i wrote down it's fucking dewey dewey shows up because he hears the murders uh so he's got nerve damage he's been He's scarred up like an old yeah, he's rodeo. Yeah, in his right hands, almost like permanently like stuck. Yeah. Um, then Sydney again gets ambushed by Gail and Cotton Weary. Cotton Weary. Name. I love that. Leave Schreiber. That was another one I didn't. Oh yeah, he's I didn't in, mention he's in this one too. He has a more prominent role. Yeah, um, he's been exonerated. Yeah. Jeez. Poor uh, guy. And then Gail gets owned again. Um, and then Dewey confronts Gail about how she portrayed him in her book. Like she portrayed him, she did him wrong in that book. You know, kind of making him more of an officer doofy character from scary movie than yeah that than was, what it was. She definitely portrayed him as Deputy Dewey. So we go to a frat party after that, and is there Dave Matthews band playing? Hell yeah! I was with Claire, and she, she, she was like band. looking down, and she looked up. She's like, "Is that some DMB I hear?" Yeah. <laughs> She's a huge Dave Matthews band. I was like, "Yes, yeah, yeah." This is this movie's from like '97. It's like it was blown beat. up. Yeah, he was like on a college tour when this album came yeah. out, or when this movie came out. So we get the second, <coughs> and so we get the second call setting up the second attack uh, with Sarah Michelle Geller. And I wrote, she is dumb. Like she sticks around in that house way too long. Yeah, like just leave. So. She gets it. And she deserved I, it. And I wrote down, there are obviously two people in the house again. We see one sneaking in the living room while the other is on the phone. Dude, that was a brutal death. That's dude. what I, I wrote down. You yeah. were getting to that? I mean, she was, what was it? Uh, she was thrown through the window, stabbed, and then thrown off the balcony. Like, and Claire was, since that was a Dave Matthews scene, she was still paying attention. She was like, oh my God, that was so brutal. It's like, yeah, that's how they do it in the in the sequels. Like, that's how... Um, was it Randy mm-hmm. described? You know, the, the, the deaths have to be more like extreme. You know, you can't just be stabbing people. Which I like the fact that they did that. They did make it more like unique and interesting murders. Which that sounds 
fucked up for me to say, but it's not just a straight stab scene. It's like, it got creative. Uh, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote um, the kill was brutal, stabbed her twice in the back, and then threw her from, like, essentially the top of the house. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it was, like, that third-story balcony, and there wasn't much more roof above them, so it was basically, you know, three stories. Um, and then Sydney is at another Dude. party, or she's at the party, and she finds out about the murder at the sorority house. And then she gets brought into the police station. And I wrote down, I, if I was Sydney, I would just leave the country. Yeah. What is she, and she's probably like, at a university, I would imagine like 30 miles away from Woodsboro. You know, like all this takes place in my, yeah. like, I would think like Northern California, just by judging from their houses in the first movie. It's like a beautiful area of like Northern California. Who to fucking Washington State or go across the country to New York, you know, like, you probably got residuals from the movie. Like, why stay in the town where your whole... Family and friends were murdered. Again, I'm, I'm not, I'm not leaving the station. I'm staying in the, and I'm staying yeah, in the police station until somebody gets caught. Because later in the movie, we show even her dumb, dumb fucking uh, detectives that are her security detail. They get owned. But we'll get to that. Yeah, another um, brutal encounter. So Sydney gets her first call at the party house, and there's another attempt on Sydney. Uh, where Ghostface tries to get her. Um, the boyfriend shows up. Dewey shows up. The killer gets away. Um, and Sydney is start starting to put pieces together. She's, you know, like she did in the first movie. She's asking questions of, you know, where were you? Or why did you go back in the house? And yada, yada, yada. So she's starting to put pieces together about in that doubt again. From what I guess from Billy in the first movie, she's surprised she's even with somebody. Yeah, like take a little break of of maybe getting with a guy, especially in a new place. But hey, the heart wants with the heart. So wants. and then we get a we get a uh, we get a scene of uh, Dewey and Gale uh, start making connections to the original killings. Um, and then we get a pretty cool scene of Randy and Dewey talking about theories of possible killers. Oh yeah. And the Baskin Robbins. Yeah. On there. Man, Randy knows his shit. That's what I liked about his character. Like mm-hmm. explaining all this as like a horror movie fan. He just like breaks it down more for you. So I really liked Randy coming up. You know, it's going to get a little, going to get a little dark. Yeah. For it's going to, he's going to take a bad turn there. Um, <coughs> and yeah, so, uh, then we get a scene of, uh, Sydney in the theater and she's talking to her professor and the dude's an asshole. He's like trying to convince Sydney to stay in this play despite like everything that's going despite on. Despite bodies dropping like flies that are and all like, this happening again. That are like kind of surrounded and kind of brought on by her. Yeah, if, if someone in a like ghost face mask is killing people, it's connected to her. Um, and did, I wrote now, did you find it, I wanted to ask you, did you find it weird that she was a theater major and not like a criminal justice or like psychology major? Like, yeah, I, I would sure. definitely gone like psychology or something or, to understand the mind of Billy. Criminal justice, like, yeah. But, I was gonna say that kind of foreshadowed uh, Screen Three, though. I haven't seen it. I know mm-hmm. you need to watch it, man. Um, but yeah, so they're doing rehearsal, and she has a freak out where you know what's a fucked up play they're doing. <clears throat> yeah, when they showed it to, the... oh, I don't remember what it was called, but it's like she was. She was like, I don't know, like a goddess, and then they all turn on her. And everyone it, was throws Greek, these, it was Greek mythology. It was a Greek mythology play, yeah, because then they all put on these scary masks, and they're like running around and acting like they're, they had these prop knives, and they're all stabbing her, but she and the pro, she like sees the ghost face. Like, yeah, she's kind of hallucinating, yeah. So she's freaking out, and like the whole, it's like a, it's like a 
what's it called a test run yeah so they got the whole production going you know like a storm going on props falling down and like yeah i mean, I mean everybody everyone's mask and everyone's holding knives so it's a fucking scary situation for her. so uh so yeah so she she has a she has a bad kind of run in or she's kind of kind of lets you into her mental state kind of where she's at um and then we get the call with Randy Gale and Dewey and this is the Randy death which is brutal yep. um and i wrote down Randy gets some good shit talking in before he dies like he's talking he's he, gets oh, he some was good going lines off in. you can tell he hit a nerve yeah cuz then Cause that, that, that door was Billy's opens. we didn't we didn't find out yeah, till you later. find out later who who really did it i put rip randy Murder to Cypress Hill playing out like a G. yeah. <laughs> These three guys with like a boombox fly by and they're doing one eighty twirls and moonwalking <laughs> as Randy's getting brutally murdered. It's like that's the most nineties fucking way to die in a movie, right there. Yeah, so I don't, I just don't know why he didn't stay in the middle of that courtyard. Yeah, just stay centered and like surround yourself with people. He's yeah. wandering around talking shit because Gale and Dewey they're off like pulling cell phones off of people like he's trying just, to he's really just like antagonizing them the whole time yeah like, talking shit yeah but i forget what he said he's like oh billy's like that dumb he's, he's shit like or... you could do better than billy like you know and billy's like a piece of shit mama's boy like, yeah and then you realize like well i don't later no spoilies yet but uh yeah you yeah, know why, gets, you, you know why that hit a nerve he gets jerked into that van and yeah i was like how many fucking she take like a bump of speed before she committed that murder like she was some hyped. like trd some testosterone yeah <laughs> like she was throwing him <laughs> she around <was> jacked. <laughs> like she was tossing on the van shaking yeah she and, shatters if I'm, the glass. And, and those three dudes like i don't care like what's going on like i'm gonna notice a car rocking back and forth in the tapered glass like all yeah you know look like it's, it's shattered. spider webbed yeah they were just, man they were feeling that cypress hill though yeah they were um my chief in the courtyard so then we get uh we get a, a scene where Sydney's in the library and she gets a threatening message on the computer. Um and they know like it has to be coming from the library. From the library. So her little security guards like going straight lockdown and Cotton shows up. Cotton shows up. He's got a proposal about like Barbara Walters. Right. They can each you make know. ten grand. He's which I get his point. Like she basically her f- accusations like ruined his life and he's like, Look, I'm just trying to make some money, I'm trying to clear my name, being a little aggressive about it. He yes. didn't go about it the right way. Yep. And then he like caused a scene, and they're like basically arrested him right there. Yeah, and but I wrote that scene with Cotton, and then they take him to the police station. And that scene, they really did a good job of like putting doubt around him, because I I remember the first like I hadn't seen it in a long time, and I kind of remembered who it was. Yeah, but I thought it was Timothy Oliphant and Cotton, but then I really? remembered. And especially after this scene, I'm like, well, was it him? And then I remember. He, got, he has motive. Yeah. Because they're like, well, you know, are you still mad about the situation? And they do cast a lot of doubt on him, a lot of shade on him. But, you know, he's just like, what I do wrong? Getting loud in the library? Like, I'm just trying to clear my name. Right. So I was right. I actually remembered pretty quickly who it was because I probably watched these movies all the time with my older sister growing up. Like, we were both yeah. Scream fans. All right. Um, let's see. Can we just rewind one thing? Can Go I have ahead. A question for you. Go ahead. It was at the beginning when they're in their class together, and they 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 even mentioned how like mocked about making sequels because this yes. is a sequel. Yep. And they had that big debate. Did you? Because I thought maybe we could do a Mount Rushmore of that, but did you have any thoughts on best sequels? Godfather Two. Godfather Two. Absolutely. That's what I said That's, out loud. That may be the only. That's the greatest sequel of all time. Yeah. It's in my opinion better than the original. 
So uh, outside of that, I came up with like a quick four right in my head, right when they were doing all that. But it had to been Godfather. That, that's like the kind of unanimous, unanimous. Like that's the one that sticks out as the best ever. Um, and I'd have to kind of do some research. Uh, but uh, yeah, I did the same thing. Godfather. And too. going back to that scene, agree. Uh, Joshua Jackson sighting. Yeah, that shit. was post. He was in there for a minute. That was post uh, Mighty Ducks. Oh yeah, because that was probably post. The trilogy, yeah, might have wrapped up the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pre post Mighty Ducks pre Dawson's, Dawson's Creek. Creek. Team Pacey, hashtag <laughs> Team Pacey. Uh, anyway, um, have you seen his wife too? Uh, Beautiful smoke show. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, well, it's like uh, a dark piece of chocolate. Mm. Got like a what's it called? Was that a navel? Like a bull? Yeah. Like a bull ring? I saw. Her, I was like, dude. She was like, I mean, picture I saw. She was very pregnant, but still very pretty. And I was like, hey, good for Joshua Jackson. Yeah. No, I haven't seen her. I will look it up though. Uh, let's see. Uh, and then Sorry for that no, 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 no. Track, you're, yeah, you're good. Get back to the trilogies because I I immediately came up with like my route, Mount Rushmore. Maybe you're we could do that. So um, Dewey and Gail are leaving the police station. Like certainly, we've there's got to be something out there we're missing. They realize well they got tape. They've got tape. And so they're going to go review it. And then we get a run in with Gail and the reporter. And I forget, I didn't, I didn't get her name. Oh, um, Roseanne's Ro- sister. Aunt Jackie. <laughs> uh, she, she has another run in and Gail is like, look. She's always showing up. She's always showing what up. The hell? And Gail's like, look, I don't give a shit about your little small town paper or your small town reporter. Like I'm, I'm doing real reporter shit over here. Um, so they're trying to find a VCR somewhere to watch this tape. And I wrote down, they finally find one in like a auditorium style classroom and they finally find, find one. And, um, I wrote down Dewey's about to get his donger wet and the killer shows up. Yeah, he, he had his hand on her titty too. Yeah. Yeah, so close, he was about to get it in, um, but yeah. So Buzzkill Ghostface shows up, knife in hand. So yeah, they're watching the film. Movie. They're watching the film, and then there's like a live feed of them, and that's how they kind of notice. And they look up, and what do you call that the little theater, like the little box the at the projection top projection booth? Room. Yeah, it's like the, it's where the yeah the sin through. Yeah, and so you see him. And so Dewey gives chase with no weapon, a limp, and one arm. He just takes off. <laughs> he just, He's a fucking hero. Uh, <clears throat> and I wrote down, I actually wrote down, Dewey dies in a gnarly scene. Because I thought he died. I forgot that he well, came. Well, he got stabbed 12 times in the back. Yeah, and it was gnarly. It was through that soundproof glass. Yeah, and he was trying to get her to, attention. And face to face. And you just see him die. And then there, it's a And they cool, play that music, too. I, was, I, I really thought, like. Like that he was gonna die. I I wrote down Dewey death. All right, Dewey. Dewey dies in a gnarly scene, and it was cool. And then we get that cat and mouse where he's trying to get to 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 Gale and he can't get there. And um, and then we get the story of how one guy overtakes two cops. Oh yeah. So that was pretty um, smooth though. Sydney and her roommate are going to go into protective custody Finally. situation. And they are getting escorted by their the two the two best detectives, as the chief put it, the two best detectives that he's got. Uh, gets overtaken by one dude pretty easily, pretty easily, pretty quickly, pretty quickly. Yeah. And so <coughs> Ghostface is in the car, um, and I don't I don't remember how they end up crashing. She, um, 
Sydney did something to like affect his driving. Yeah, and man. it steered him into like a construction site when like a pole went through. Yeah, uh, one of the cops and like impaled him. Yeah, and said, the killer hit his head, knocked him out. I wrote very final destination death for the last cop. Yeah, like I said, they got they had really good, more creative, unique deaths, and not then, just straight stabs. And then you get this super tense scene of Sid oh, having dude, to that climb was pins and needles over him across him to get out of the yeah, driver's side. Yeah, because you know they're in a cop car, so the doors are locked. The driver's side, because she's able to get to the driver passenger, but it's pinned against it's the wall. Against the wall. And she's like, "You're gonna have to crawl over him out a window." Yeah. And then she's about to take the mask off and reveal it. Horn goes off. I fucking jumped yeah, like a little I jumped, girl. Yeah. I still jumped. And then she's out. She's like, "Okay, now you're gonna have to get out." Friend gets out. You think they're good? She's like, "I'm gonna go back see who it is." Yeah. And she goes back. Body's gone. And then he fucking jumps out of nowhere and like stabs her friend right in front of her. I wrote down Ghostface escaped the car without a peep. Yeah. And then kills Sid's roommate. He's a fucking ninja. It had to be Oliphant. Oliphant. And then they end up going back to campus and going into... Going into the theater, the stage. Well, and her... What was her boyfriend's name? Wasn't Derek. Didn't get that. Well, Mr. Mr. Dreamy Pants. Yeah, you know, he got, like, basically kidnapped by the sorority because he gave away his... Omega, his, letters. his letters to her so you see him get kidnapped well not kidnapped like a friendly kidnapping in a good way and they're like just boozing him you know all the sorority brothers and sisters are like yep. feeding him alcohol so they got him tied up to like this cross like like jc and so when he when she goes to this final scene like you're talking about i'm pretty sure it's Derek. it's Derek. i wrote it down yeah, yeah. okay so Derek's there he's like drunk yeah, he's tied right. up looks like he's beaten up but you know sydney has these problems with guys and believing them so Let's let you set it up. Yeah, so we get the reveal that Mickey is the killer and tries to set up Derek. Yeah, and, and he's then, playing them too. He's like, because they're both like, you know, because oh, what he was saying was Derek, we did it. You know, yeah. we got her. We we pulled it off. And he's like, you know, don't believe him, Sydney. Like, trust me. And it was a very smart move by Oliphant to mm-hmm. put that seated out because he knows she's been portrayed before. She did I was his like, homework. dude, that was fucking cold blooded, but smart of him to do. Because the first thing he does is once he convinces her, he just puts a bullet in his chest and it's mm-hmm. over. So and then damn, that I was, wrote, that was, that sucked. I wrote, no, Timothy Oliphant, no. <laughs> and then he shoots Derek. And then we again get great acting at the climax from Timothy Oliphant. Oh, he goes full so, Pacino again. So when he, just like, just like um, um, Matthew Lillard, yeah. I put on there another full Pacino scene. I love it. And he's great. I mean, I love Timothy Oliphant yeah. from all his roles. He just looks like such a psycho in those early movies. Especially. He had that hair pulled back and he had like devil eyes. Yeah. He could play a good psycho. Yeah. And then he could play a great bad, badass like in Justified. Yeah. Like he is awesome in Justified. The Crazies, man. That's a good movie. I need to rewatch um, that. And then we get the reveal that Billy's mom. Billy's is, mother. Dude. And it was so 60 good. 60 pounds of uh, 60 pound weight loss and plastic surgery. Yeah. And that then that's what I kind of didn't get. I'm like, so you didn't recognize her, Sydney, when huh? you had run-ins. Now, I I mean, how much plastic surgery were we talking? I mean, total facial reconstruction. Uh, Chris Jenner looks pretty different. Or what's his? You name? can't you can't dead name. They'll cancel us. I can't. Is that his name? Her name? Was his name? You know Bruce, what I'm talking about? Bruce Jenner. Bruce Jenner. There it is. Uh, he looks pretty fucking different. So you never know. Lose sixty pounds. She had short hair. Maybe she had long hair before. Maybe, maybe she wore glasses. Um, I don't know. It's Hollywood, man. But yeah, so she, you know they kind of discuss how they hooked up. Like he was on a 
more, some kind psycho of website. psycho message board. Oh, and his name's Mickey. Mickey, yeah. Mickey. Um, <coughs> so, yeah. And, he was, and his excuse was, we're going to blame it on the movies, you know? Like, yeah, that's my defense. This is what drove me to do this, and uh, it's like the perfect defense. Mm-hmm. He thought he would get off with, like, insanity or, or yeah. with the plea of the movies. And uh, Billy's mom wasn't playing that, man. She fucking just... After shot he, him. After he played his part, she straight shot him. But I put on here my favorite part was Mickey and his dying breath. Because he gets shot, and he's going back, and he knows he's done. But he shoots Gail real quick. Just <laughs> yeah. like, fuck you. He goes out with a single bullet. Shoots Gail. I was like, dude, that was hilarious. I, I, I literally laughed out loud. Because, like, that's a true psychopath. You know you're going out. You don't care. You're going to take whoever with you. So he shot in the chest, but he still gets a bullet off for Dale. So, and then, you know, as we've seen throughout all these movies, uh, Sid does not go out like no bitch. Like, it's tough. She she kicks the gun away and then runs away from the she, gun. She said. I made that note. I said a grab. And where it. she gets her break, and she goes, isn't Mickey supposed to be dead? And then that's where she kind of gets her break and, and knocks the gun out of her hand and the whole scramble and all that ensues. And then at the you know at the very end, Cotton Weary comes to the rescue. Sydney agrees to the Diane Sawyer interview. Cotton shoots that's and kills all he Billy's mom. To commit murder it was like he was really contemplating like should I kill her right now? Oh, you'll go and Barbara Walters with me. Boom! Yep. Shoot the other woman right in the fucking eyes. Yep. So or he didn't get her in the eyes, but he like got her in the chest. He got her. Yeah. And then she comes she back. She came back and put one in in the eyes. Yeah. Sydney came back or and, between the eyes. Yep. He double tapped. <coughs> and then uh, the last uh, last note I have is Dewey lives, which I was genuinely shocked. Like, because I thought I wrote he got down stabbed multiple times. I, I, again. Wrote, I wrote down that I was like, he, Dewey dies. He's like a fucking cat coming back. And then I wrote down Dewey lives at the end in big bold letters or big all caps. All caps, all caps. Yeah. Last so, thing I wrote on here, ska music at the end is very nineties right? post grunge. It, it goes was, out with like a cover yeah. of a ska or ska band cover song. I was like, is this is a mighty mighty Boston. <laughs> yeah, it probably was a real big fish or something. Yeah. yeah. So no, it was just man, it was it was a really good, and I kind of liked how they. They kind of, it's not spoof, but they kind of acknowledge the fact that they were in a mood, like, yeah. I don't know, like, kind of breaking that fourth wall and well, kind of acknowledge, yeah. Again. He did it in the first movie and he does it, he actually does it in the third movie. Randy makes a little, like, he's like, if you're watching this, I'm dead type of video. Oh, does so he? Randy, I, I, I shouldn't say anymore, but I was so stoked when I saw Randy in the third one for a fleeting moment. I'm going wa- to watch it here pretty soon. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was kind of cool how they kind of... They, it was a movie within a movie, and they kind of acknowledged, you know, that fact. And the fact that there was like a movie about the first movie being made yeah. in the second movie, yes. Stab. So they're yeah. portraying it, and that's a huge part in the third one, actually, is the Stab trilogy. So, and then they had another uh, actress, uh, Tori Spelling. Yeah, to play, she was in, she was portraying one of the characters. And from Luke Stab. Wilson was playing Billy. Yeah, I put on there too, Luke Wilson as Billy, because he was like, I don't know. They played that they <laughs> they played those scenes or they recorded those scenes word for word, like from in Stab from Scream, mm-hmm. like the one where they're in high school and they they have that little interaction. But great cast, it was a good sequel. All um, of all of them really had good cast. Even the fourth one, fourth one was made from like 2011, yeah. so it was like the more modern one that had a good cast of actors you would recognize today too. Yeah, so it was good. Wes Craven, Master of Horror. Yeah, I believe yep. that's his title. Yep. It was good. Um, so let's move on to 60 Seconds on Big Brother. And it's a 
the final one. It's, it was finale night. It's over, man. Yeah, and it's, it's so it, let's make it a good one. Squall the bang. <coughs> um, well, when they do the finale, there's always three contestants left, and they'll do a three part HOH to see who's going to be the final H, the final head of household. So all three compete in round one. The winner of round one advances to round three. And the two losers face off in round two to see who meets the person in round three. So Nicole won the first one. She automatically advanced to round three. Uh, Enzo and Cody went head to head. I think it was an endurance call, but Cody just smoked him. He smoked. He, he was the best player all year long. So it went now Cody versus Nicole in the final HOH to determine the final HOH. Um, it was like a more intellectual one about almost like a quiz about the year, like on what day or what happened in this situation. And you got to think back. They've been in there 90 days. And they had to think back or come up with whatever situation it was. And um, I think they asked eight questions. Cody didn't get any of them wrong. Nicole got one wrong early, and that was her only stumble. But So Cody won the last HOA, and that's the most important one, obviously, because now it's down to two people, and you pick who you want to take with you to the end. The other one's just going home. Third place because you got the one vote. He picked, and he I should say Cody had a final two with both of them. They didn't know that. They thought they were like his ride or die all along. But he, from day one, he was with Enzo because they're both from New Jersey and they've had that tight bond all along. They're both like, you know, just very similar in that way. So he made this speech like Nicole was so pissed when he just, when he told her like that, like, this is my guy. I got to stick with him from day one. I've been with him. So I I vote to evict you, Nicole. I'm taking Enzo. She was livid, dude, the rest of the night because that was live. So Nicole came right out. She was just body like when they were doing later on when they were doing the um cast balloting or whatever uh to see who they would pick to win she was just like everyone was to her right and she was just turned to the left arms crossed like you know that thing you'll do when your legs are crossed and you're just swinging one and she just wouldn't even look at them and she was just being a bitch the whole time yeah very salty and she just couldn't believe that cody wouldn't take her and i was so thrilled because i did not like nicole at all so he picks enzo i wrote he picks enzo fuck you nicole uh, she was so shocked that to evict that Cody evicted her. Uh, I put it that was the best move that Cody could have made because Nicole's actually won this before. So when you get to the jury and it's just these two, so it's Enzo and Cody, and now they have like a screen come up with the uh, jury members, all nine of them. Earlier, and I've said eleven, but there's actually just nine people to decide, and they cast their votes. So now, say it's me and you, right? We're gonna plead to the people like this is what I did, this is why I deserve, and they're gonna ask you very specific questions. And him to take Enzo is smart because Enzo's won like three competitions all summer, but Cody's won like nine. So it wasn't even close. Everyone liked Cody. He had a great social game, and he went on these competitions. If he had taken Nicole, on the other hand, I think it would have been closer because to to be a previous winner and to make it that far tells you how good you are in a way because you'd have a target on your back from day one. And I think a lot of people would have respected that and maybe actually given her votes. So the fact that he cut Nicole – was the best thing he could have done. And um, so it came down to the vote. They all go up and they put a key in a box and it has the name of their winner, who they think should win. They put it, you know, you kind of cover it up. So you put it in there, you'll make a little speech and then they review it. And it's so it's the first one to five because it's only nine votes. So it's first to five and one, two, three, four, five. They all come out for Cody. You know, he swept it. They they took out the rest later. All nine votes went to Cody. He swept it. It's only the second time in Big Brother history that someone's won unanimously like that. But he honestly deserved it. Like, I talked to my parents about it. Me and Clary agreed. Like, people that we know watched it said he was the best player all year. It would have been stupid for him not to win. It would have been just – it would have made this terrible season even worse if he hadn't won. But um, So he won 9 to nothing. 
cool for Enzo because he kept, you know, he he keeps talking about how he did it for his two kids. Second place gets fifty thousand. He got that. Uh, first place actually gets five hundred thousand. So good for Jeez. Cody. And then they always have a fan favorite you could vote on to get twenty five thousand. And Davon won, which was a little surprising to me. I had nothing against Davon, but I would have thought it would have been like Janelle or Tyler. But Davon won, and you know I, I was cool with that. She the um, the three finalists I think were Tyler, Davon. And some other fucking loser, I don't know. But they said Davon actually had over a million votes. So she got the fan favorite. She got twenty five grand, and that wrapped up finale night. And they were like, join us again next summer, because it's every summer they do this. And since I'm looking it's wrapped, forward to it. Since it's wrapped, we started watching, um, uh, what's I'm thinking of? Amazing Race. Me and Claire both love that show. Yeah. So that's kind of replaced our weekly show. Now we watch Amazing Race, and we're both into that. So get ready for 60 seconds on Amazing Race. <laughs> sweet, sweet. All right, so let's get into some, into some sports. And like we said, we were supposed to record a couple different times this week. And, you know, Sunday we got too full and too dude, old. Dude, I got too old, man. <clears throat> uh, and then Wednesday I had some daddy duty <laughs> pop up that I needed to take care of. So some of the sports stuff we have is kind of irrelevant. But uh, since since we last recorded, the Dodgers won the World Series. Uh, thanks to Tampa Bay and Kevin Cash pulling Blake Snell yeah, when he was guys dealing. pitching the game of his life. You know what I'm going to do? Pull them out of the game. Yeah. What were the one through three hitters? Like 0 for, not, or 0 for 6 0 for with six, yeah. six strikeouts mm-hmm. or something like that against arguably you know the best I lineup. I think he had a two hitter. He was carrying like a two yeah, hitter. Two yeah. singles. Yeah, so that was dumb. Uh, yeah, all this, of baseball agrees with us. The Stars revealed a new alternate jersey, which is gnarly to me. I love it. I liked it. it. Uh, I, like I, we've talked about it before. I love it when look, they take chances. Just, yeah, just give me something different. So... Which lead, I wasn't upset at all with them or Mavericks. Which leads me into the about. Mavericks. They uh, they revealed their uh, city edition. <laughs> I'll edit that out. Uh, they they revealed their 2020 city edition, I guess 2020, 2021 city edition, which is like white and it's got like gold. Uh, have you seen it? Yeah. I saw, I think Alex sent me one where it was like their model and then a fan model. And I like the fan. The fan model was way way better. Text. I don't get the gold. Apparently they're just going to rock that. But the new um, court logo, the color, the blue and Yeah, they're bringing back like the old 10-gallon hat. 10-gallon hat with the blue and green is by by far my favorite. So, Yeah. Um, Let's see. And then there's been two Cowboy games. There's been two losses. Well, that's fine. What is that? Four field goals total? Yeah, uh, we we've traveled to the north, uh, the northeast to score nine points. So um, there's that. So the Cowboys lose to Washington, twenty-five-three. Uh, there's that Andy Dalton hit. Um, Apparently, that was a clean hit, though. Yeah, only got fined twelve grand, no suspension. Twelve grand, uh, so millionaires, nothing, dude. Next time the NFL tells you that they care about player safety, that all you need is this example right here. Um. So yeah, Andy Dalton died, and then we uh, last week, uh, last Sunday, Sunday night, we went up to Philly and laid a turd with Ben DiNucci, and that was some That's of the worst football. Ben, no. no, it's not on Ben. And they they because, try to blame it on him and like say like he's not progressing or he's not you know he's not going to be the starter this week. Can't throw a rookie out there with a shit line. <laughs> well, what's crazy <laughs> is like like start of the fourth quarter or maybe in the end of the game is you had. You had uh, Ben DiNucci on one side with his stats and um, shit. Why am I blanking? Uh, Philly quarterback. 
Wentz. Wentz on the other side, and you and you couldn't tell me who's the seventh round pick and who was the rookie. Recording here. I've got the whole house. Fuck it, we're doing it live. We just got interrupted, as I'm sure you heard. Uh, Very unprofessional by this girl. Claire and her sister are enjoying some uh, adult beverages and getting loud right off the in the kitchen, right off the recording room. Literally so, like five five feet from us. So, so, uh, they thought they were being quiet enough, but it was. Hey man, when the hot, when the mics are hot, you don't know what's going to happen. But, uh, but yeah, I was saying. Going back to Danucci, I mean, it really wasn't on him. I don't know what you expect uh, with the a line the way it is. Um, I was, I'm just happy you came out alive. That was my. I really expectation was don't get shut out and don't let Danucci and don't get die. The fuck out, yeah. So that's a good. But yeah, I mean, there was good. that graphic showing the stats, and you wouldn't be able to tell who was the seventh round rookie and the second overall pick who signed a hundred plus million dollar contract because they had the exact they had the exact same stats so it wasn't very very close but i don't understand why and we're skipping ahead i don't understand why uh, you're not giving him another shot danucci yeah yeah i mean what did he just look that bad i mean i know he looked bad uh i just don't i don't understand why he looked bad but i mean it's not his fault and you got to remember not to compare the two exactly, but Romo had, what, three, four years yeah. of watching yeah. and studying before he was thrown in. Ben DiNucci last year was playing for fucking James Madison. And there was no offseason. Yeah, was yeah off- no offseason. Yeah. He was just thrown in there. No Tyron Smith, no Zach Martin, so, uh, no Lyle Collins. I mean, we're talking Pro Bowl, future Hall of Famers, not there. So they just threw him to the Lions. We ended up losing. What was the final score of that? Thirty or twenty? Twenty-five uh, to nine. Because they had some weird plays. Like they no, went 25, two, 25, 25 three was um, was Washington, and it was like twenty-seven. Oh, was it twenty-three to nine? It was like twenty-seven nine, something like that. I remember they had weird numbers because they kept going for two, and then like that one situation where we purposely took a safety. Yeah. And then try to catch him off guard with that sky that, high punt. That punt, which, which I, I liked put, it. Which I put on there. Yeah, I like that they did that because it shows that they're trying something different. That they're actually reading the rules. It's like what something like uh, Mike Vrabel or Belichick would do. It's hey, when he Belichick, rule Belichick. And exploit it. Yeah, yeah, exploit that one little rule. So when I saw that, I couldn't have been mad at it, and I tried to explain it to Paul because my buddy just turned it off at that point, and he's like, "How they end up with that weird score?" It's like, well, they went for two, got it, didn't get it, but then they got a safety, but we let them have it. And he's, you know, was like, I, I had to explain it. I was like, it was actually encouraging to see that they're doing these things and right. actually still trying. And I don't know, just being smart. But I put on here, we haven't covered the spread in any game this year. No, nope. seven and or zero and seven against the spread. We've allowed ninety-seven points off of turnovers, which obviously leads the league. And we've trailed by at least 14 points in seven straight games, which is tied for the longest streak in team history. Yep. So just to add to the misery, there's some shitty stats for you. So we've got um, the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers coming to town this week. Um, I can give you my quick preview if you want. Go ahead. We'll see what you wrote. But I just put on here, um, first off, we will lose. Best case scenario is we're able to cover the spread, which is uh, 14 and a half points. No, uh, we're, not, we're not covering Yeah, spread. that's what I'm saying. Best case scenario, yeah. we can cover the spread. <laughs> Our O-line looks better and allows Gilbert, because it's going to be Garrett Gilbert this week. Which is, he was not even in the league. Not even in the league. No, he was playing for the a- American... And that was two years ago. Alliance of Football even, or whatever it's or, called. That was last year. What the fuck? There's a cat in here now. So. Yeah, so this Thanks this this uh, episode's off the rails, so we, we let the cat in. Fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> the cat's going wild. He's pawing at the wall. 
but anyway, yeah, I can't believe they're going with Gary Gilbert over. I would I, I would have thought Cooper Rush because he's familiar with the offense. Yeah, I, I would give him the slight advantage, but nope. I guess they feel con- I, for, I forgot the reasoning I heard, but <clears throat> for whatever reason they want to go with Gilbert. So I, the O line uh, works better to allow Gilbert or whoever move more time for the play to develop and holes to open for Zeke. My worst case scenario is again we get embarrassed on national television and lose by thirty plus. Our O line allows five sacks and gets all the quarterbacks on the roster shook, uh, and the quarterback and running back combined for four turnovers. My final prediction: Steelers thirty-eight, Cowboys. We get a touchdown and a field goal, thirty-eight ten. Uh, I had thirty-five six. I don't think we score a touchdown. I was gonna say, is it two field goals or is it a Zerline? Miss extra point because it could go either way. <laughs> yeah, you really uh, no, it's thirty five six with two uh, two field and, goals. And and I would just think the the field goals probably don't come until like the second half. You know? No, like it's gonna be bad. Pittsburgh's putting in like what we would consider, you know, like their practice squad basically. Like T.J. Watt is going to eat this week. Yeah, he's gonna slap his dick all over our foreheads. Yeah, taking tacos. He's gonna hang dong. Stupid. Um, Still can't believe we did that. But I think Jerry may be embracing. Fully embracing Team Tank because uh, for the first time this year, Zeke showed up on the injury report with a hamstring today. It was a uh, oh, and was it Alden Smith? Alden Smith as Alden, well. That's what I'm thinking because we had to resign a punter, but it wasn't Chris Jones. He's obviously out. Um, but yeah, it was Alden Smith. But I heard today because they did the interview on the fan, and both are cleared to play. But nah, you know, if you I think start Pollard. Or <laughs> I think he's going to come up with a limp on Sunday. Yeah, right. But Paul, uh, Paul is explosive. I mean, why not get the guy? I watched uh, I watched a 14 minute video uh, on Colin or no, uh, sorry, Skip Bayless saying that uh, throwing out the notion of maybe this is Jerry's plan all along is to suck and get Trevor Lawrence. Tank, tank for Trevor. Tank for Trevor. I'm down. Would you but tank we're for still, Justin? Yeah, really? I think I think he's. I think he's NFL ready. Uh, I think he fits the mold of where quarterbacks are going today in the NFL. Um, I think it saves you $40 million, and you could invest yeah. all that money in the defense. And I love Dak, don't get me wrong, but I, I also agree with the notion that if you couldn't win with Dak when he was costing you a million, how are you going to win? How are you going to build a team when he's making yep, 40? Exactly. It really handicaps that, that cap space. I'm a huge – I love Dak Prescott. I loved it. Yeah, like, me and you were huge. I've always been. I've I, defended him against Paul for years, and he finally turned around until he got hurt. But I was like, you know – He's a great quarterback. He could be our. He's a great leader, dude. That's I, what I love. I, about I think. Him. I think people have uh, they have very short memories. I don't think um, people. And you know, we've talked about it before. I don't think people realize or remember the gap from Aikman to Romo, the Quincy Carter's, Anthony Carter, Anthony Wright. I'm excuse me, Clint Sterner, Ryan Leaf, Vinny Testaverde, Chad Hutchinson, Stephen McGee. I, I, I'm I'm missing some. Tony Banks oh, yeah, was in there. We had thirteen of them. Um, I just don't. I think people don't remember that. And uh, when you get a guy like Romo, uh, and you get a guy like Dak, uh, you hold, you you hold, hold on, on to as long as you can, as long as you can. But yeah. the tour, I just wish we had locked up. Obviously, injury aside, I wanted to lock up Dak like two years ago when the going rate was more like twenty eight. Well, yeah, yeah, but now when it got to twenty eight. 32, 35, 40, and now there might be even more. And I get the point where you make the argument that our defensive is historically bad, but I, I am also in the position that if quarterback is the most important position. Mm-hmm. And if you have a opportunity to draft a guy that a year or two from now could be a top 10 and then potentially top five, top three quarterback, 
you know, you take them. I'm the same way. Take them, save $40 million. I mean, we tried to do so much for Dak to get him to stay here, and he's made the decision that he didn't want to sign that contract, and I hate to – I really would hate to see him go, but if it meant ushering in Trevor Lawrence, I could I could get over – you know, I could <laughs> we're still to accept that. We're still two games behind the Jets. They've That's the thing, man. We're, we're still in playoff contention with this division. Yeah. We're, we're talking about getting the first overall pick or winning our division. That's but they're but they're not stupid. they're not because Philly's gonna they're gonna they're I, gonna. I like Washington too, man. Mm-hmm. I, I really think Washington has built something special, and that could potentially be like running this division. Yeah. So, in a few years. Um, I I think if just if Fields or uh, Lawrence are an option, I think you do it, yeah. and you save the forty million and you retool the defense. Retool through, but if you had, you know, you say you took Fields, or I mean, obviously Lawrence would be the dream, and then you still had X amount of number of picks, make almost all of them defense. I think we're gonna make. I think we're gonna have like eleven. We've got ten currently, and it also depends on comp picks that come back. Well, the comp picks we'll get are the ones for Robert Quinn. Yeah, you know, um, Malik Collins, which the big one's going to be um, Quinn. Quinn, he's going to get you at least a third. Well, and, I think the third's the highest you and, can go. And Cobb, yeah, Cobb, because it, it goes based on performance or does it go by contract they signed? Uh, I can't remember. I think it's both. Well, I think it's a combination of both. Well, then those two alone should get us at least a three and a four, and then so we're going to have ten. We've got ten right now. So um, you know, draft a quarterback if if it's there, and then. Um, the remaining nine, you've got to go, and maybe you know you pull tra- you pull the trigger on a tackle, or you know. Uh, but if we don't get there, I, th- I think we we draft fourth, third, fourth. You you draft Michael Parsons. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. If you can't get one of those top two quarterbacks, it has to go defense, or unless there's like a generational tackle there. Then so if there's not the quarterback we want, or not the apps, and it can't just be the best tackle prospect. It has to be this guy's the next Tyron Smith, or you know this guy's the next. Whatever, Quentin right? Nelson, Quentin Nelson, uh, but I, I know he's a guard, but it has to be a can't miss prospect. I don't think, I don't think they're the O line. Pro, I don't think that's there this year. Well, then, then Michael Parsons all day. Yeah. If you can't get Lawrence, I would honestly, if I had the number two pick, I almost would be tempted to trade down to gather more assets to get Parsons and then get picks down the line or down the road. But if we had the number one pick, to me, it's a no brainer. You got to take Lawrence, and I know it's crazy because we had this quarterback that we love, but. He's injured. Don't know if he's going to come back the same. And forty million's got a lot of money, and that's the starting point. You know, it could, the, it could it, be more. Yeah, and it's just crazy to me to think that we would have the number one pick. Oh yeah, because on our I listened that's to never happened or episode two, and we were we're going to go ten and six, eleven and five, and now it's when we if we get the number one pick. Well, what that's what I'm saying. Do? Like in my life, I mean, yeah, we had it in '89. You know, yeah. we had it. You know, and. And the Aikman draft and look how that turned out. But as long as I've been consciously following football, like closely and understanding and, and, and kind of analyzing it like we do, I've, we've never been close Zeke to number one. Been, four. Zeke. We've yeah. been four. And that was what, a four and 12 year. But because uh, even those that would be nuts, Chan man. Daly years, those are five and 11. Five and 11. Yeah. So you weren't you're drafting terrible enough. You're drafting six to eight somewhere six to eight. in there. Yeah, yeah. You're getting top 10, but you're not getting that game changing talent. Yeah. So. But yeah, so we got the Steelers coming to town, um, and yeah, then we more, get a more draft talk coming up as the season progresses. Oh, for I'm sure, guessing. for sure. And we could do like a mid-season report where you know talk around the league, like who you think MVP and all that shit is, or who's your prediction now that we're at the halfway point for the year. 
So maybe next week we can talk about that. For sure. Um, so with that, let's go on to what are we watching and what are we listening to. Um, I have been watching, I texted you about it, Joe Rogan had on um, Alex Jones and Tim Dillon. Mm-hmm. I watched the episode twice. It was the most entertaining. It was more entertaining than anything Hollywood's putting out. It was just stopped down. Like as soon as I saw it, I, I mean, I I watched it and I was glued to it. It was just pure entertainment. And then let's see. I started. I don't know what's happening to me, man. Started watching on the recommendation of a podcast that I listened to. I started watching this show called Married at First Sight. With Lauren or just you? Just me. Okay. I tried to introduce Lauren. She's like, like, this sucks. She was like, nah. I'm a beer. Yeah, she's like, nah, I don't get it. (laughs) She's like, it's not that good. I'm like, well, fuck you. You got to know their their character, what they're about. So, yeah, so it's, as the title indicates, it's two people and they have experts. (laughs) They have like a, like sex uh, and intimacy expert. They have like a spiritual expert. They have like a sociological expert and they find matches and they match people up and they do not know anything or even see or talk to anybody until they are face to face on the aisle. And it's just interesting to see this dynamic and see, you know, some people make it, some people don't. I'm surprised some people make it, you know, so so they, it's a real marriage and they go on a honeymoon and then they move in with each other and it's an eight-week experiment. At the end of eight weeks, they decide, hey, do you want to stay married or do you want to get a divorce? Yeah, you getting her pregnant on your little honey. Right. Well, I guess this is see where this goes. Right. But uh, I so I watched I watched season nine. I started with season nine because that's the <laughs> I one. I started with one. I'm on nine. No, no. That's where uh, the dude on the podcast told us to start because it was available on Netflix. And uh, so four couples, uh, they choose four couples. So two of them. Stayed married at the end. Two of them divorced. Uh, and I 50, was... 50 cu- is about the American rate. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was curious, and that was shot in like 2018, I think. And I was I looked it up after the finale, and they're still together yeah. two years later. And the one of them's got a kid, you know, or expecting a kid. So it's just super interesting to see like how off or how on these experts like can match people up. And I don't know. And there's drama. I don't know. I don't know what's happening to me. I can't explain it. It's the 30s, man. You're in a weird time. Uh, it's a weird spot. Like, this is maybe more awkward than puberty. Oh, wow. That's saying a lot. Yeah. Like I, At least you have, like, Lauren to help you through these Like, things. what am I doing? Like, I'm watching 90 Day... F- 90 day midlife crisis 90 day <laughs> It's a TV midlife crisis. It really would be more of a midlife because, you know... 70 would be a good year. They say, like, yeah. when he's 50, he had a midlife crisis. How many fucking guys live to be 100? No. Um, it's more like yeah. 35 to 39 is, like, a good midlife crisis. So. Which is scary to think. I know, right? That's what I'm saying. More realistically, uh, that's a midlife crisis. So, But, no, I did I did 90 Day Fiance for Lauren because she is into that show. And I was like, you know, this is a way for us to kind of spend time together and yeah. instead of me sitting on the computer or doing that's whatever. That's a good compromise. That's what you look yeah. for on these shows. Yeah, and, it, and it's pretty good. And it's drama, and I, you know, it drama's good when it's not your drama. Yeah. So, oh, people love to watch drama. That's why um, you look at car wrecks when you pass by. And man, there was. Some, I'm not my not my car wreck, but let's see the damage, dude. There on this married at first sight, there was one couple, and the this one couple, this chick needed. She either needed to be hospitalized, medicated, or both, because <laughs> she was just psychotic. And they got married. Yeah, and they stayed married, wow. and they're still together. Wow. So they, like, worked out their shit, and 
at one point he called her a cunt and <laughs> yeah, told her to like shut up in front of a bunch of people and then she kicked the coffee table over. I don't know. It, it's, they probably had great sex it, that night. And and see, it's really <laughs> interesting. Like, so two of the couples uh, they had sex pretty much right away, like on the honeymoon, and then the other two didn't. And they waited, and one was a virgin. She's twenty seven years old, was a virgin. So that couple ended up not staying together. They ended up getting a divorce because that was just something that the guy couldn't overcome. He's like, I don't want that responsibility. The being her first. That and like even like when he tried to like not have sex with her, but like even bring up the topic, she was like super like immature about it. At twenty seven. At twenty seven. Yeah. So he's like, you know, it, the emotional maturity is not even there. Like. I don't care that you're a virgin, like whatever. And then the other couple that didn't end up having sex till later, they made it. But the two, and then a couple that ended up having sex early on, they didn't make it. And then one that, the other one that ended up having sex or really early on, they made it. So it was kind of interesting, kind of that, that dynamic. But anyway, I'm regressing into a 40 year old woman, but, <laughs> uh, and I'm not really listening to anything, uh, besides kids trap music. <laughs> really into that? Huh? <laughs> well, it's just something I've caught on. It like, is pretty good. Like the last couple days. What about you? Um, for me, because like you said, when we were going to record this was the day after Halloween, so I listed every scary movie I watched this Spooktober. It was quite a bit. There's one I can't remember, uh, but anyways, it was I watched Fright Night, the original and the remake. So it was like '86 and 2011 they remade it. Um, I watched the Korean zombie movie hashtag alive, which took place like in it just almost like all, it entirely took place in like this apartment complex where they're just stranded and shit goes down and just it's about surviving, you know, uh, number I watched another one on Hulu called Little Monsters, which was an Australian zombie movie. Uh, I watched Scream one, two, three and four and Dr. Sleep. And then there was another one on Netflix. It was called like Vampires versus the Bronx. Which was PG thirteen, but it was it was good. It was a good like, I guess more of a kid movie, but I watched it and I liked it. So <laughs> I'll just say my top three that I would recommend from those for like next Spooktober would be Scream, the original Fright Night because I really like that movie, and Doctor Sleep. And that Doctor Sleep's the um, sequel to The Shining. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and I had been really wanting to see that for a while. And did that have Ewan McGregor in it? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's Danny. Oh um, yeah, yeah. And apparently now at Redbox, if you go there instead of renting, they'll give you the option to buy them. And I found that out, and I bought like seven movies. So that was one of them. So I actually owned it, and I, you know, I told my mom because she reads a lot of Stephen King. I'd let her, her borrow it. I'd rewatch it with Claire. It was a little long. It was like two and a half hours, but they got good reviews. They had you, I love you, you McGregor. Uh, the lady who plays the main villain, Rose, was a total smoke show. Like she might make my re- Mount Rushmore when we do our celebrity crushes. Speaking of uh, Ian McGregor, that Kenobi movie, mm-hmm. that's close, that right? Yeah, I've heard it was. Yeah, which would make like fans around the world just. Uh, I would. Yeah, it should, I can't it should wait. be released, or it should be like good news on like January first, twenty twenty one, just so we start right. off on a better note. Yeah, of, yeah, of twenty twenty. Yeah, just to just to give us something to hope for in the coming years or the coming year. Uh, listening to, I actually listened to one you suggested. It could happen here, which was a terrifying look into. What could happen if America plunged into a second world civil war? That was good. Uh, what, what? Yeah, talks about how we could get there, uh, what what it could be like, how to survive, and how to prevent it. 
I put on it was, it was very well written. Like, because the guy, he writes his intros, and it's like, puts you in that situation. So when he reads these intros, it's like this dire situation that you would be thrust into if that situation were to come mm-hmm. to fruition. Um, very well written and researched. Like, he did, it'd be like, and there, I found this article from, you know, here, or yeah. I read this book that relates to it, and pretty sure he's from Texas. Yeah, he, he is. He mentions multiple times how he, he lived in Texas, but maybe he's not there anymore. But, you know, and he traveled to, like, Syria and Somalia, places where they had civil war, and he just talks about, you know, it's not two sides divided on a field like what you picture it's you know it's just people like in your hometown like in homers with mounted machine guns acting as like armed mercenaries it's very terrifying and scariest thing was that was written and recorded like last year like if you were gonna do Uh, an update it may have been it may have been been late 2018 so it was like over too real right now yeah so but like i said it was it was all worst case scenario situations and he was talking about like how it could get there and what dominoes would have to fall but it was still just interesting for me to listen to even though it terrified me and it's and very yeah i'm glad you listened to it because it's very I good it today, I, I listened to it uh a while back and all the episodes were 30 40 minutes until the finale which was like an hour and 15 but you're i was able to bang out you know like a, a few a day and then I, like i said i finished it up today yeah it was it was very good and then um, i've been listening to the new strokes album it's called the new abnormal um really fucking good all their all their Pretty much all their songs on all their CDs are really good. You know, it's hard to find a bad Strokes album. Uh, I put on here my favorite songs are "Bad Decisions" and "Eternal Summer," and it made me think of this hot take, which I would like to post to Matt. Maybe come up with his list uh, next time, or any listeners that want to put this out there. But I was just thinking how the Strokes are one, in my opinion, one of the best American bands of the 21st century. So it would have to be a band, obviously from America, that didn't put out their first full-length album. 2000 or beyond and so i included the the strokes and the other bands i could think of that were that modern were the black keys and band of horses and so i would just pose it to anybody like matt or anybody that wanted to listen for some listener feedback to just you know what do you think or maybe the shins but like the shins like do they go back to the i don't know if they go because like modest mouse was 97 yeah my morning jacket 99 and then all these other bands i love mac demarco tame impala alt j glass animals That's they're all from other other like places canada australia or uk yeah so it's specifically american bands first full-length album was you know 21st century so 2000 and beyond yeah and it had to be like multiple good albums so it just made me think like because i was like you know i, I don't know man strokes, like man they, they've, they've been solid for 19 years we talked about it a couple weeks ago but brand new's got a solid catalog yeah like you uh but technically was your favorite weapon 99 it may have been 2000 yeah you could you could easily like everything i thought of i just would go on spotify but it's like your favorite weapon deja intendu daisy um you know i don't know how extensive your catalog needs to be but i would say at least four to five yeah um yeah you, you might be right um so it's just something to think about during the week like if you're listening to this maybe it'll maybe you'll immediately think of somebody and just you know send that shit in matt'll read it matt'll review all comments <laughs> because I sadly don't. Yeah, no. I need to write down my info. I keep forgetting. No, I'll I'll They'll definitely send me a screenshot of something good there. I definitely want more uh more interaction. Uh I love it when I get those little bits, those tweets or those emails. Yeah, um it you know, it lets us know that we're reaching people and you know, people are listening and I guess, you know, since Paul reached out and you know, told me um you know, he appreciated my little speech. Um, I'll kind of just leave you with this. Um, take time this week to appreciate the people around you. 
Um, I know for me, things get crazy and, you know, you kind of take, like, I'll speak for myself. Uh, some, you know, a lot of times I, I don't take my wife for granted, but I take, I don't realize all she does for me. So, you know, like this morning I woke up early, I made her a cup of coffee, I got Landry all ready for school, that way all she had to do was like wake up, drink her coffee, get ready, no stress, took him to school, and you know, like last night for dinner, like I made, I cooked dinner, made her plate, brought it to her, you know, like, she's like, why are you being so nice? I'm like, well, you know, I appreciate you, you know, and appreciate everything you do. So take time this week, or, you know, whenever you listen, and appreciate the people around you that mean the most to you, and... Um, and, uh, you know, I hope everybody has a good week. We appreciate everybody listening. If you could do us a favor, if you haven't already done it, go to uh, iTunes, um, or Apple podcasts and leave us a rating and review. It really, really helps us out. If you have any questions or if you want to interact with us, reach out to us on Twitter, or Instagram at the dead lab pod or, uh, the dead lab pod at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, we'll read any feedback, uh, we, uh, you got, um, but, uh, you got anything else? I'm good. I got dog and cat all over me <laughs> right but uh so for matt and andrew we're out and eli and hank right here